you are now in the mix with DJ Kaysen. We are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. So, this one was a request by our guest this evening, Mr. Chad Wild. He said this song makes his wife need a drip tray. Uh, so, so, we figured we'd do him a solid and play a little little slow jam for him. Trying to get us warmed up already, is it? Sheesh. Chad, you're fired. Right. Not yeah. you, the other one. Yeah, he, he got no good. Yeah. So, guys, uh, hey, we were supposed to do this show two weeks ago. But someone came down with a case of the plague. <laughs> that was me, man. I had the bro- bad. Oh man, I had the green apple splatters. I couldn't keep anything inside of me. It was the worst. This will happen. How long did that last for? Two full days. Really? It was the day after Kid Rock, and then the next day I went to work. The Monday I went to work for an hour. It came up right home. I spent the whole you day. Can't even the- drink water at a Kid Rock concert, huh? Oh. <laughs> so do you guys want to hear a funny story? As long as you turn this off, I'll listen. I'll turn it down a little bit. All right, perfect. So uh, we went to Kid Rock, you know. Jay, you've witnessed me eat chocolate bars off the ground before, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So we were walking out of the show. This was a foggy point in my life. I don't remember it. But I guess I reached down and grabbed a full chicken tender off the ground. Oh, my God. Took it to the house. Took it to the house. Took it to the house. That might have been your yeah. issue next I th- day. I think I got poisoned by the chicken nugget. <laughs> oh, this is not the first time that you have ate randomly old stuff and wondered why a couple days later you're crapping oh, your brains out. Do you remember the poison oh. fish fillet I ate? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. <clears throat> you walk around with them on Halloween and... Fuck, there's half-eaten <sighs> Snicker bars from three-year-olds he's picking uh, up and eating, too. Now like, he explains the rest of the story, it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, makes sense now. So, do you guys know the uh, <laughs> when, you, when you go to concerts, the guys that are outside selling the knockoff t-shirts? Sure. Once again, a foggy point in my life. I saw one of those guys, I had some money burning hole in my pocket. I said, hey, I want a Kid Rock shirt. XL. Got some, oh, I gotcha. Threw it to me. My stepdad said, ah, oh, hey, I want an XL also. Threw him a shirt, walked away. We, we exchanged money and walked away. Next day, my wife comes upstairs with these two shirts. She said, 
Who in the fuck bought a 3X and a small Kid Rock t-shirt? <laughs> He's just chucking you whatever it is his hand. Oh, he he saw us coming from a mile away, man. He was just unloading product. <laughs> so I will Well, the 3X will fit you, but I don't know who's sitting the fucking small. I will shambode Bruce and got the 3X. Hopefully my wife can shrink it like she does everything else. Uh, except my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Hey, those jokes are brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at predatorflygear.com. Arex hooks, fresher salt. Find them at arexhooks.com. Sims fishing, simsfishing.com. Uh, tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. Yeti built for the wild. Our buddy Ryan, Queen City Guiding, queencityguiding.com. Uh, Sims Fishing. No, I already did Sims. Yeti. Down to Earth Wealth Management. Down to Earth Wealth Management. Sorry, I was trying to change songs, getting off uh, off of the slow jam. <laughs> so, uh, guys, I have zero content except for my Kid Rock stories and, and throwing balls to my dogs. But how, so, how, how did your reunion go? A reunion was awesome. Um, most of the Maryland people did not come up. But the ones that did, we had a blast. We drank tons of beer. What was that this past weekend? It was the weekend that just passed. When Jay was in Sandusky, we were having our family reunion. Gotcha. Um, we ate so many crabs. I made a crab hush puppies, blue crab hush puppies. They were so good. So freaking good. Um, made crab cakes. We, so here's pro tip. When family from Maryland comes in, they brought oy, or, uh, clams. So we put the clams on a cookie sheet and put them on the grill. But when they're on the grill, they emit this brine before they pop up. So it's like just like basically salt water. I saved all that brine and made Bloody Marys for the next morning oh and dumped that briny, salty-ass stuff in. It was so good. The clam death, oh, it was awesome. Hmm. Speaking that of that, good. I'm drinking a Blade Kentucky as we speak. Huh. I wondered. <laughs> There you go. The cheapest go. cheapest bourbon in Kentucky. <laughs> Which is? Uh, it was Cooper. The We we stopped in Kentucky on the way down to Tennessee. Is that a blue and white bottle? So I think I got yes. A, yeah. Cooper's Craft? I, I don't know. I just saw it say Cooper. <coughs> and, uh, the guy said, a little rough? Yeah. 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 It's, it's better than the stuff I gave the Bruce. <laughs> I think that was Jefferson. No, not Jefferson's. I forget what that was. But it, it, it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> this so, stuff here is about as cheap as you can. You know, I shouldn't say that. but Is that relatively six, available here in Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania, it's relatively available everywhere. But 16 bucks a bottle. Hmm. Well, that's not bad at all. I'm just getting yeah. drunk out here. Yeah, that ain't bad. Yeah. Everybody but Rick likes it. Yeah, nuts mm, to him. Yeah. Trade you a beer for a shot. Tell <laughs> him need a beer, drink it. Uh, What's there? Uh, Wait, speaking of Rick, real quick. I guess... uh. Lines got mis uh, miscommunicated, and I'm out of the beast. So you guys filled that team with Jim. Okay. So you, ha, ha, wait, th- I thought you were double booked. I I became double booked, but I told uh, Josh, I said, I'll fish. I got to leave early on Saturday, like at noon. If you would like me to fish, that's fine. If you would like me to try to find someone that can fish all oh, the whole that's time, that's also fine. Completely in the. Different to where I was, what I heard there, but it it, it doesn't matter because it, it kind of relieves a lot of stress for me. Okay, so yeah. I, well, I'm glad that because I got 
a call or not a call they started like a message it was like hey chad's double booked so i talked to both the guys and you know he's like yeah, yeah. he goes he's double booked he goes here's what's going on i was like oh i knew that you had that going he's like yeah he told me he's out i'm like okay well do you want to go this route so yeah no that's, that, that's kind great. of where where it, i was left at last i heard it it's a, a big load off my back from being double booked but you're still gonna come up then hang out and i don't know because that friday is the homecoming game and it's 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 weird. Uh, so you're gonna have crap going on for that then as yeah, well. Yeah, I doubt it. But uh, I'm gonna try to hang out with you guys Sunday when you get back from the beast before he goes to the the airport. No, oh, nice, cool. Yeah, because this flight is until later on. So I'm that, taking off a couple of days. Are you? Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Nice. I'm gonna go Wednesday night. I'm gonna shoot there. Bam Bam flies in at I think 10 o'clock Wednesday morning, so I'll just shoot straight up from there. Yeah, Think, I don't know ready by the time you get up. I, I don't know what him. we're gonna fish on Thursday. I really, I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to drag my raft up and have it because then yeah. it's gonna be hanging out of the back, yeah, taking up yeah, room there, shit. which we're not gonna have much of. So I yeah. really don't want to have the raft there, and I don't think a lot of the boats are coming until Thursday. Maybe it might not be a bad day to just go screw around on foot. Yeah, not a bad day. I mean, there's quite a few options we can do that at. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Go hang a tree stand. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Could could you pull your your boat, your five or your tin boat? Yeah, but then we're running into the issue. We're already gonna be pressing room and everything the way it is, and then we're gonna have an extra boat. Man, that's not even a bad idea, man. Just go back to my brother in law's tree stand and just if nobody was gonna fish crazy, go sit back there go for a couple hours the early, early in the morning. Yeah, go yeah. get us a loin to throw on for that. Absolutely. Night. Like have it. enough guys come in. And, Mark, you gotta come pull my deer out for me. Your dad has a spit, doesn't he? Uh, what's that? The spit, spit? like, like uh, a rotisserie spit. I don't think up there. But you could take one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if you shoot a, a deer, you could do a whole deer yeah. on the spit. Feed some rednecks. That would be some work. <laughs> Just a thought. Probably end up fishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's some ideas we can do, and heck, we can even drive up to the top and fish right along the. Yeah, it was bank up there if we wanted to. Uh, Sag's got a hold of me, uh, as well. I think. Got a hold of Mark, got a hold of me, and I was like, hey, uh, is there room for three more guys up there? I said, uh, I think the camp is full of people, but there's room for everybody. You could tent, you can, if you want to pull a, can we pull a camper? Fuck yeah. Two campers full of guys. Well, see, that's where things went weird, because like he messaged me, I don't know, a couple weeks before that, and asked about that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. If he's in with them, he would have known that. I'm like something's fishy here. <laughs> well, Nick, Nicky asked me. He said, "You looking for a team?" I said, "I might have a team if." And then he uh, got up with his buddies, so that's uh, that's where that cross ties. And I hadn't had a chance to talk to him again after I talked to Josh. Gotcha. It should be a should be a hoedown. Should be quite the time. Yeah, people are gonna. I know those guys. Those guys aren't any short of wanting to party and have fun. I know Rick. Rick's. The, Always the, down to have a good time. The Sagnabeni crew, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. those guys. Those guys will know how to <laughs> hang and party it up. Oh, from years ago. Remember uh, his one buddy Mike that was there. Uh, Uncle yeah. Mike. Yeah, the one that yeah, went to the I last talked room. To, when I talked to Sag, I talked to him about uh, the spot thing. Oh yeah, that year, and fucking Nick was losing it, laughing his sack off about that, because he had gone back and had told, you know, said something to Nicky. Oh my god, man! This one guy just wouldn't stop. When he kept asking me all these questions, and <laughs> it was me. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Always good time at the Beast of the East. 
Definitely. Yeah, this year's good. I'm already looking forward to it. And it's, crap, we've got six weeks. Yeah, it's it's coming quick. Yeah. Dad was just there. I think uh, isn't registration in here soon? Um, probably I sent my stuff in. The the third what thirtieth past September, April, June, and November. Thirty first of August, it's done. Yeah, by September 1st is what they just posted the other day. Yeah. They and put a double bunk bed in up there. My mom, my dad did. So there's bunk beds in each bedroom now. Nice. So fit an extra guy without having to, you know, spoon. Yeah. Or fit unless, two, it, unless if you like spooning. Or fit two guys if they want to spoon. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's do hey. Everybody's welcome. If you're into that, hey, spoon away. <laughs> <laughs> I know Chad and I like to. Absolutely. As long as he has a CPAP machine on and doesn't snore. Oh, yeah. It makes it even better. My wife said I was snoring through my CPAP machine the other night. Oh, my God. She's like, were you How drunk? many beers did you have? I had none that day. Oh, yeah. I just had a hard day at work. I was like... Mm. <laughs> it, it was like... The side of my CPAP machine was vibrating on my cheek as I was... <laughs> <laughs> like that night it razzes. <laughs> oh, it was tapping it out. Yeah. Oh, man. So what do we got? How much time we got? Oh, speaking of, yeah, let's hit on that. Twenty-seven uh, minutes. Okay. Yeah, uh, what was it a couple weeks ago? And I met up with Uncle Don. Yeah, and just you know how it is. I mean, you get out of the boat, you kind of want to do things, but everybody has your way, so you want to stay out of the way. So I just get the stuff, and he does thing, and he backs the truck up, so he's going. I'm like, I got it. So I unhook is like normal, and I'm like, whenever you got a rope, I'm like, eh, not a big deal. So <laughs> I, we get down, and I give it like a little nudge, it doesn't go, then I give it a little bigger nudge. And it hits the back of that roller, and that boat just goes. And I'm holding on at this point. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> just grabbed the both hands, tucked my head down, and just kind of like missed the fender flare and just <laughs> right out in. Kind of stand up. And I'm like, at this point, like literally, I went completely submerged under. Like, grabbed the crap out of my pockets. I'm like, all right, well, good news is it's 75, and I'm now cooled down for the day. <laughs> You're going to have a clammy butt by oh, a morning swim. And you know what the bad part was is an hour later, I was bone dry again. It was one of them days. And we saw, I caught a little pike, and that was the only fish we saw all day. Oh, said, yeah. That makes for a long, long, long day. Yep. Yep. So, but it was kind of interesting start to the morning. That was fun. I put a tree or a trail cam up last week, last Wednesday. I went and checked the the card today. One raccoon. Huh. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't see me yesterday because I I was just driving the roads yesterday out by my house, out through my house in Mercer. I saw four buck yesterday just on the just driving. So and it, this was all in so every one of them is in a it was in a soybean field. Why don't you put a lick up for now? I I want to see what natural movement is for a little bit for. Probably yeah. another week, and then I will bring them in close. Yeah, but uh, no, null and void. Apparently, some someone I know has a, a trail cam really, really close to right here, and they've seen seven legal bucks, seven different legal bucks. I saw one at the end of your road one day, uh, coming through here from work for work, uh, grabbing something. Grabbing yeah, I've seen supplies. more deer during the day this year. Than that was a nice one too. Did Never you guys see remember. that fallow deer that's running around Hermitage? No. I heard about it. My uh, my Where wife was telling me about at? it. What? Where did it get out at? It it came out of the the nursery, like the the plant nursery, uh-huh. right by your house. Yeah. And now it's over by the the Association for the Blind, <laughs> nice. like by Macar. <laughs> it's a <laughs> I, it's I, a buck. It's a buck. It? It's like mm-hmm. a little Is like uh, spike. <laughs> I saw a picture yesterday of someone feeding it corn from their bare hand. 
<laughs> oh, it's simply amazing. The stuff you see. Two of the ones I saw yesterday, I'll actually get to shoot at. Uh, they were out by my brother-in-law's property, so we'll, uh, I have a stand back in there and half the half the land to shoot or to hunt, so maybe. There was one that was looked like he would end up being an eight, and the other one I don't think quite will be there. A little bit, a little bit t- tighter racks, but nice, still nice deer. They all look huge right now because yeah. they're all in velvet. I saw one real big one out in Mercer, but... Nice. Not, I mean, just seeing them all, it's like my. I'm like, oh man, we got to start a spot in a little bit, and you know, I know there's one other really good deer. I've been getting told by my dad and my uncle where uh, I shot my buck the first year. Yeah, uh, I started hunting back and hunting, and so there's a big one there too. Hopefully, he'll be there through archery season. There's a few guys who archery hunt that, but oh. How about I had a groundhog charge like bluff charge me the other day? I've never seen anything like it. Like charge by groundhog. I'm, I'm walking out of this place and there's a fenced in area to the right and it's full of vehicles and there's a groundhog in there and he's kind of making his way under one vehicle to the next vehicle to the next vehicle and I get right to the end and this sucker takes like a 30 foot run and just goes right to the edge of the fence. And boom, both hands on it, just stares at you. It's like at this point, I'm only like three feet from him. I'm just looking at him. I look back at Jim. He's like, I was crazy. <laughs> we just got to like keep walking. He just stands there on the fence the whole time. I've never seen anything like it. Typically, you see a groundhog and they bolt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. even any movement whatsoever. Oh, it's hilarious. I've never seen anything like it. Just charges right to the edge of the fence. Just bam. He's had enough there. of you hippies yeah. in his property. You get that fence full bores. <laughs> I went to a yard sale yesterday. My wife, we were walking around. I see a deep fryer in the box. Still had the tape on it. I said fifteen bucks. I said, Ashley, I want that. Said, you you don't said, need a deep fryer, you fat fuck. I said, <gasps> so what? I said I'll make delicious food with this deep fryer. Is this fryer. like a countertop one, or is this a? It's a countertop turkey. One. Oh, good countertop, nice. A countertop deep yep. fryer. So like I think Presto brand. But I was like, give me a Hamilton, and I'll see if I can get it for ten bucks. She said, if you can get it for ten bucks, I'll let you get it. I walked over. I'd already bought like five beer steins off this dude for a buck and a half. I was like, I'll give you 10 bucks for that deep fryer. What's it marked? Said, 15. I said, take it. Cheers. <laughs> so I have a deep fryer. Nice. And speaking of that, I took Ollie for a walk down uh, down by, remember where we put in the day I cut my foot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There. There's some trails. And there's some swamps back in there. So next uh, next Friday or next Saturday, I bought a frog gig on Amazon oh. today. They were everywhere. So That's we're going to go frog best. gig in, and I'm going to test out the deep fryer with some frog legs. We used to, too, as we had this. I don't know if I've told this story before on here or not, but it's a great one. We used to go out in the swamp. It was private. So we would take a 22 out, <laughs> and you'd shoot right beside your head, and they'd blow up in the air. And then you'd grab them by the legs and just whack them off the edge of the canoe and <laughs> knock them out. So we go home that night. We probably had 30 of them. I got home at like 4 in the morning. I throw them all in the fridge. About 7 o'clock the next morning, I hear the shriek screaming. There's like 29 frogs in there, and there's one that I had a 16-inch cutting board, and he took it from top to bottom. He didn't die. <laughs> Jumped out of the fridge in the next morning. <laughs> my wife's screaming. I come running out. Oh, my God. And this big-ass bullfrog is just hauling across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. I'm going to catch you again, him. asshole. <laughs> Needless to say, we found better ways to do that than with a 22. But uh, 
You just go right up now and grab them. They just hit them with a light. Or a yeah, I'm a, I bought a, a five foot. That one. The one we talked about. That's one. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. The Amish guy now lives around the top of the hill and he has canoes there and just hop in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, I, we just there's bushwhacked. Ponds in there. We just bushwhacked down to, I think what we were just saying, same pond mm. or same swamp. Oh, did you get in along the road you mean down? Uh, I have house? permission to get in at where they have all the canoes and all the blinds and all that shit. And then I have, I just got permission to hunt the whole upper stretch too. Mm. Uh, well, I had permission, but my uh, brother-in-law Came over Friday night, and they, him and his buddy bushwhacked down through the, uh, Bobby and, uh, Dr. Adam, uh, came over with the dog, uh, so they, he didn't bush and whack down through and tried to get another spot, because that spot's kind of, there's a lot of people there, that one spot when they hunt, duck hunt there, but, uh, he, the, um, the guy who owns this property said, hey, there's thousands of ducks, ducks by the thousands. He's like, you guys can hunt anywhere you want down through there. You know, he's like, I'm Jason. I'm Jay's brother. You know, Jay over there. Okay, yeah, right, go right, go right ahead. So, it's cool. Hey, eh? they're allowed to go down through. I, I'm pumped because I, I would prefer to duck hunt over any other hunting. I, I, I think I, I liked it. Always loved it when we were younger doing that. Way more than deer hunting. I took it's some a lot, a lot more shooting, a lot more fun, little, little less intimate. You know, you will, like, a little less, like, the, the killing's a little less, you know, you're just blasting shotguns, and, you know, things are just hitting the ground, you know, dogs are going to fucking, they'll be dead by the time they get to you anyway. I took September 1st off. Oh, cool. First day of Goose. Oh, there you go, I'm yeah. I'm going with Neighbor oh, John. yeah, I'm sure. Those guys know their spots, too. Yeah. He said there's two different regions around here. One, you can shoot one yeah. Goose. One, you can shoot, you shoot five. Three. Yeah, yeah. I so think it's he, like he said. I think we're going to the place where we can shoot five geese. I think it's seven, I think seventy nine and eighty is the border. Yeah, for that second for those sections. So good smoked. Yeah. So I was thinking, I get the the meat eater cookbook. I'm gonna just if I get five geese, I'm gonna do f- ten pieces of goose pastrami. My wife has like she's fallen in love with the meat eater, dude. Like, I, I really hadn't gone and sat down on Netflix and watched every episode or watched through the, every season and all the, all, the, all this. My wife loves it. Every night we're going to bed, she puts on Meat Eater, and that's what we watch <laughs> to go to bed for, like, the last month, and she thinks it's the most cool yeah. thing ever. Because it is. I was I was watching Ryan, uh, Rosilla, uh Steve Rinella. Or Steve Rinella, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, close. <laughs> try to fly cast. Uh, he, that other guy's a sports guy. Sorry, I fucked up. Uh Try to try to fly cast to uh, Redfish, and boy, Chad, he looks worse than me out there. That's pretty, look pretty bad. bad. <laughs> 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 but no, it's it's a, it's a yeah. He's uh, with JT Van Zant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's good good series. I mean, it's, um, this is old news. Yeah, but you know, just getting onto it now, even and even their pod- my, their podcast. My wife was like, I can listen to him for forever. That's like. I can sound like him. Just give me some chewing tobacco, and I'll go to Michigan for a month. I'll pick up that accent. <laughs> She's like, no, but you're an asshole. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> My wife likes Cal. She said, just don't grow that mustache. But you could be more like him. Yeah. Everyone likes Cal. Yeah. That's my son's favorite. Yeah. My son was starstruck when we had Cal on the show. He was like, <gasps> he just clammed up. So my wife said, do you have that kind of podcast? Said, yeah, once. Yeah. It's a good guy. Yeah, Chad has his phone number. Yeah, Chad. Chad, <laughs> he's he's blocked Chad on everything. Yeah, 
<laughs> He's done with me. <laughs> like Jace with Gunner. Yeah. Ah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I got lots of content, guys. I've been fishing my ass off. Other than getting catching kids fish last weekend, man, I've been bowfinning my fucking sack to the bone. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think I'm I think I'm learning some stuff, fellas. I don't know how long I got to get to talk on this, but uh, it's been fun. I I I've gone from seeing two, three fish, four fish, five fish maybe, to now seeing like 15 fish between two guys in in, in a sitting. You know, Solid. whether they be follows or, you know, like mo I, I saw I got two boat side eats last time I was out, which I fucked up on bad. I need to I need to take some uh, some Mark's pills just out of his out of his. At, but back, I, I feel like I should be I fucking pull. I pulled the fly out of the fish's mouth this way instead of strip setting back into the fish as I'm watching the fish suck my whole fly into its mouth. I mean, <gasps> gone. And I'm like, ah. Don't sit. Wait for him to turn. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what he, I mean. Yeah. I need some of your, Wait. you know, your, your, nope. your, your, your pure ice that you have in there. Just your, like me, I'm, I'm, you know, I get a little antsy and I'm having your fun out there. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm fucking just, ah, I'm trying to rip the fucking fly into the face. But even I figured if he lunges and eats at it, I mean, and eats it, pull back into its face, I'm more I, likely I to. so hard in there. Because I've had mm -hmm. a lot eat under the boat, and I've ripped back up under Adam, and it just a couple head flop, boom, yeah. works out. Yeah, that's what I had. And it's just there. Even how many times have you landed them too? And as soon as they start flopping, the net hook comes out. Oh, immediately, all and of it's them. Just yeah, you just dragging them. them, getting a hook through their face is just ridiculous. Yeah, you you really gotta definitely gotta give a, a good hook setter. Keep line tension no matter what. But oh man, just I went there a couple weeks ago. I don't think I got to talk about it with PJ. And uh, I don't think he did. You know, he had, he brought a gear rod. He brought a uh, bait caster with him with uh, some frogs, topwater frogs on him. And oh man, you know, going from running them spinner baits and learning that I like a pacarini tail on my fly now for that shit. Every fly, every fly I throw now will have some kind of flashy fucking tail on the back of it. It just it sets them off. They love it. They fucking love it. it it's a any kind of vibration. I think even the vibration of a any of that stuff. I, th I think even a rattle would help, you know. And then we, we were sitting there on in one of the big areas off to the sides. I had to, no, no motors, just push my way through with the oars to get up into all this. But they're all sitting up underneath, and you could just watch them roll, and you just cast them. I could drag my fly with weeds on it. As long as that pack or any tail was still going, they would just smash it on top. And that's how I caught... That one fish with PJ, I lost one on a spinner and then lost one on top water because PJ had missed a bunch on top water, and I, uh, I'm like, he was pushing me through with, the, with the oars, and he's like, it's my turn, it's my turn. I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. I just saw this fish roll and I'm casting to it, and he's yelling at me, and then I fucking set on. I mean, I set the fuck out of this hook too, and it still came off on one of them top water frogs, and this is with a gear rod, you know, a little bait caster, and I'm like, fuck, man. You know, and I fought this fish for quite a little, quite a second. And uh, Peach had the same thing. We, we got on this one fish, and it was decent size, and it was rolling in the top of this. And it was eating. You could tell. It was just eating. on smashing all kinds of shit. And they'll follow all this bait up through. I've been seeing a lot of different sizes of baits. And they're all, like, 
four to five inches long is probably the ones they're eating. But they're all up in they're all up in all them weeds because all the baits up in the weeds four, hiding. Four to five. Oh, whatever this was. I said this. Whatever this is right here. <laughs> four to five. It's, this is like fourteen <laughs> inches. Right here. Whatever I have tied in front of me that I'm holding is what four or five inches, four inches maybe. Yeah, but your fingers were like twelve inches apart. Oh, I was. <laughs> but uh, four to five inch bait fish down there, and I could see. And oh man, you could see all the. They were just sitting there. In little spots, all waiting and rolling. Well, this one's rolling, rolling on top. PJ misses it probably, I don't know, six times in a row. Same fish. Like your dad with Burke Trout. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same, same, exactly. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Finally, he, this fish, he, it hammers it. He ends it. He get, we end up getting that fish in. And it was a decent size one. And, man, you should, like, PJ was shaking. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just the amount of fun. And I'm sure just the adrenaline of having it hit that many times and seeing it on top. And, like, that's a fun time. I, I would rather do that on top bowfin before smallmouth and that kind of shit on, with poppers any day of the week. They fucking explode on shit on top. It was so much fun that way. I just, I really, really, I didn't catch, we didn't catch a million fish. But I think there's things, I flies I could Start, I started trying to dial in my flies to be a little more weedless and things to be a little better for fly. You know, just seeing what the gear does, especially the, I, I talked to a bunch of gear guys when I was there the one day with my dad just a few weeks ago. And we did pretty well that day and saw a lot of fish. And these guys, man, they're talking big numbers and they're telling these little frogs with trailer, trailer things that drag down, trailer legs basically. And I'm like, man, I got to fucking figure something out that's like that. So I tied a popper with some trailer Pacarini tail legs that I got from you, the double ones. And I'm going to see how that works and tie them a little weedless as well. And I'm tying some flies on, you know, the reverse style, like Texas style hooks. Uh, I'm already just in time for season to end. Yeah. Well, I just got to learn, you, you know, got, learn, learn, learn. I was a good month left. Yeah, I was fishing them through September. It, you know, it'll, it'll all be kind of rain dependent and... Weather dependent for me. If it's hot and muggy still through the first few weeks of September like it usually is and low water, I'll probably still be fishing them. If it gets a little more water, and I'll probably start fishing trout and muskie and things like that again. Smallmouth. Hybrids. If we get some fucking water, you know, all those fish will start eating for fall. And like all the more game fish we fish, this is just for summer fun. And it's still summer fun for me, so. Floyd the Pussy Magnet hit me up on Friday to go fishing. Hey? Oh, man, I, I guess things going on, but I can't kick them up. That's just such dirty, nasty, stagnant water right now. They're still there. You know, if you went at night, I bet you'd clean them if you went down at night. I'm sure you could, but I'm sure you can catch them in the daytime, too. Sure. Yeah. I was, you know, this time of year, I always preferred the, like I always talked about nighttime, even smallmouth fishing. You'd always find these fish wanting to push things, yeah. push to eat at night. Right at dusk, you fish the hour of night, you know, seven to just past dark and you'll do a lot better than if you didn't fish past dark hey i have an idea let's uh let's go take a break come back with chad wild i have something i want to tell you off the air that uh i just remembered so sound good yeah sounds good bud all right we'll be back with uh mr chad wild Why? Chad, I'm on the air, aren't I? You're <laughs> fucking with me again. I know it. <laughs> we, we might be fucking with you because we might be recording. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, what's happening, brother? Long time Great. no talk. <laughs> 
So what are you doing, man? What, what's up? Where, where are you at? Can you give some I'm on details? Mark's Vineyard. I'm reporting live from Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Do, 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 uh, do, 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 do. Breaking news from Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> Pink Pen has arrived. Watch out. Lock up your wives and children and tell your striped bass to maybe lock up them jaws because I am going to catch a fish. I just want one fish, man. That's it. I just, once I catch one fish here, then I can sort of sit back and uh do whatever <laughs> so are you waiting to go fishing until you hang up with us or you got actually do I, dawn I patrol right or? before i talk to you like I, so we got to this joint our friends we have two really really good friends um that's all i have too don't worry yeah i know exactly <laughs> right i'm like right yeah it, it's a it's a relative term friend but these two are really good friends john and marisol uh mall they live in our town and they have two kids, uh, Miles and Alessandra. And those two kids are our kids' age. I'm sure you guys end up with friends like this, too, like where you're like, oh, well, actually, y'all are friends like this, but just where everything sort of meshes, where the parents like the parents and the kids like the kids, and you have enough similar interests where, like, there's always something for you guys to do together. Yeah. Both kids play baseball, so, and, and both girls play softball, so we would see them, like, almost every night at practice and stuff, so that worked really well um because we like each other you know genuinely like each other i'm sure you know the people around town too that you're like oh hey joe uh, yeah you know you make a little small talk and then you get in the car and you're like man i can't stand joe <laughs> how'd you know, how'd you know his name? How'd... small talk but these are like really good friends and they have um how'd you know his name was joe yeah there's no <laughs> i use joe because i literally only have one you know, semi friend whose name is Joe, and he definitely won't be listening to the show, so that's fine. Um, but they have they have friends who own own a property here on the vineyard that's really spectacular. It's um, it's a it's there's three buildings. One of them's like an art studio with a with a one bedroom. And then there's a there's two smaller houses, and they invited us up to stay here, which is an incredible incredible gift. I'm really really grateful for that because. I've never been to Martha's Vineyard, and I think it's a it's an incredible place. I read a book. There's a book called The Big One, um, and it's by a guy named I think it's David Kinney, and he was a journalist who wanted to document what's called the Martha's Vineyard Striped Bass and Bluefish Tournament, which runs from September through October here on the island. And what the book does really well is it shows the island and the people who live here not as like you know the celebrities and the vacationers and, and the people who go there to blow blow a bunch of money and have an incredible vacation which is great and power to you if you can do that stuff but it like displays the people who, who make up the island you know like your know, painters and and your your food staff and and you know all the people who actually live on this island and a lot of them have really deep roots on the island it being being one of the older places in, in america really and the fishermen. So this dude went and he was like, I want to fish that tournament. Every single day in the Derby, there's a, a winner. And then there's a grand champion at the end, like the biggest fish or whatever. And they get like a sick prize, like a $50,000 boat or, or a sick truck. And, and they get more than that, like accolades. You know, you won the Derby. It's a really big deal for the Islanders. And the year this dude went, he, it, there happened to be a, a, an angler around here whose name is Level Decca, who who caught a giant bass. And when he waded in at the time, I think it was the late 90s, they, they actually kept all of the bass because you had to weigh it in. And, and I believe they have, have better uh, catch and release regs now. But 
anyway, they, they cut open Lev's fish and, and there were a bunch of weights in its belly. And this is like, you know, a 50 plus pound fish. So it's a giant. And, and they didn't know what to do because he was well known around the island, you know, a local kid. And a lot of people are really excited that he took the lead, but then there's this controversy. And the reason it was controversial is there was a method of fishing stripers called yo-yoing where they would catch live pogies and they'd kill them and put a big heavy weight in it. And they would basically vertical jig over a structure and, and the bass would come up and, you know, slam it. And they called it yo-yoing. And, and if a fish, you know, eats that yo-yo rig and he breaks you off in some rocks, he's got that bait in his stomach. So it was really, I think it, it was impossible to tell if Lev had put the, the weights there and if, if they had been, you know, naturally ingested by these giant stripers. Yeah, it broke um, off three or four yo-yo rigs. Right, exactly. You know, and they're using really heavy weight. I don't know how many ounces because I've never yo-yoed. But um, anyway, you know, it's it's a really compelling story. It's a great book. Everyone should read that who likes to read about fishing. It's called The Big One. Mark, I just got that book that you told me about, too, 120 Days. I haven't started it yet, but That's... I really look forward to reading that, which is about uh, one guy catching chasing down giant ass muskies <laughs> Man, that's where the <laughs> whole black really, over uh, really what i'm jazzed about that's, that's why i can't wait to come visit you again another shot at a muskie i just want to put a fly on some water where there might be a muskie that would be sick and that's where the whole black over orange fly came from was out of that book dude that is that is the jam that that color pattern has caught me a lot of fish it's it's actually so that that's like it's kind of like i look at it like a perch but i've caught pike muskie largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, and stripers all on that same color pattern. How about that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Predator, um, predator's a predator. Have you guys Shut been doing up. any muskie fishing? I know your water's gone, but has anyone in this on this phone caught a muskie this season? This season? Besides you Mark. Of, yeah, not of late. <laughs> I'm no, and Chad. Have either of you caught a muskie? I haven't caught a muskie in probably three years. Oh, caught a muskie... Serious? Mm-hmm. Caught a muskie last season. I farmed that one last yeah, year on yeah. the bank. Yeah, one muskie last season for me. That was it. Solid, Jay. That's you got that one on a trout float, too. and that was on a trout float on a trout fly in the trout stream. I still laugh. That was the biggest that trout fish. ever. I can't believe it. I'm like, I got a 30 inch fucking trout. It's and so like, green. It's a oh fucking God, muskie. Jesus crazy. Christ, you dicks! I've get done to, get some it cool in the trouting get, too this summer. Um, so yeah, tell us about some night trout fish, and I want to hear more about that. The Farmington River for trout, and it's a it's a great fishery. It's 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 a, a dam release fishery, and it has a ton of wild fish, and it also gets pretty heavily stocked. But it's it's one of the places that you can catch you know a twenty plus inch wild fish in Connecticut. Pretty accessible, you know. Um, it's a little bit of a drive for me, but I've been doing a lot of mouse fishing out there. One of my really good friends is a dude named Derek Kirkpatrick. And is, Derek is he the one that you always take CT funny fish guides. Is he the one you always take funny pictures of his face? I have a great picture of Derek's face. Like Derek he, is intense. And the thing about Derek is if he focuses his mind fish wise on, on catching something, you'll be you, you could not stop him. I always want to get him to come start pit, fishing pike with me because nobody around here fishes pike and it, it's you know pogo was my jam but now he's down in florida <laughs> so i got nobody to go with and derek happens to also have a very nice drift boat too but anyway derek runs a guide company and fly tying company i'm really proud of him because of all my friends like this dude 
he quit a full-time job, sort of like Mark, you know what I'm saying? Derek quit a full-time job, and he's like, I'm really good at fishing trout in Farmington, and I'm a really good fly tire, so I'm going to do that. You know, he took a leap of faith, and he's successful because he is really goddamn good, and, and he puts people on fish, and he does it in a lot of different ways. Trout fishing, right? But, dude, I don't know. I, I can't just fish trout. I, there's There's so many different species to catch, and... And that's the greatest thing about fishing, too. It's like you're never done. You're always you can always try something new and, and, and you know, do something different that that maybe opens up a new new era for you as far as being a fisherman. And I wanted to I, I had more hours at night. You know what I mean? Like busy, busy yeah. with kids. Y'all know this and dinner and shit. And then all of a sudden it's like bedtime. And now my kids are eight and ten. And the challenge is like my son River loves to fish. So. If I go out when he's capable of being awake, then I feel guilty not taking him because and it's really fun to watch him fish. But past dark, you know, those kids can put themselves to bed with a little book or something. Now, Dad can go. And Derek's one of the guys around here, too, is willing. You know, he, if he can get out, he will go. And he wants to hunt a big-ass fish. And mousing is is a really meditative way to fish, in my opinion. It's, it's dark and... I believe personally that I'm a better caster at night because I feel more and during the day, maybe I'm looking at things or, or otherwise distracted. But when, when the focus really becomes 100% fishing and it's dark and your focus is out where the fly lands, you just think every cast is perfect. And that's the way to fish too. Like that gives you a confidence where you're like, yes, that was right. That was a foot from the bank. That was where a mouse would fall. Right. And then you just give it the gentle strips and you just want to sort of swing it in the current. And when you hear it, when you hear a fish take, like don't set on sound. That's one of the things that I have to constantly remind myself when I'm doing it is if you set on sound, you have a good chance to pull it out of his mouth. Even if you're using a very sharp stinger hook, like easy. You, those stinger hooks love to get buried in your skin. So <laughs> make sure you debarb them. Because <laughs> at night when it's dark and you're alone, that becomes a challenge maybe. <laughs> what are you going to do? You end up just ripping it out and being like, let's go. But then you, they hit it in, in the dark and, and you do hear it. And then if you feel, then you sweep set. And, and I, use, I use an 11-foot switch rod, but I overhand just, you know, single-hand cast with a pretty short leader and just, you know, <laughs> you, when you hook up, it's, it's not, it's, it, you're using 20 pounds. So you can, you can horse those fish, but you got to get them to eat and you got to get them on the line before you can just jack them in and, you know, manage them to the best of your ability. Yeah. It's fun fishing. Do you guys ever fish at night out there? No, we haven't. Never. And I never have fished for trout at night and I really would like to, but it always comes, I come down to like, it's just being that much harder to you have to really know the area. I feel like, and you know that you're yeah. gonna, that you're gonna fish. You have to know it very well. well and with know the exactly started this night, year, I was thinking about yeah. the spots we fished on that the first day float when I was there last. Like I was thinking that's you you need it to be open too. You know, like you can't fuck with a bad back cast or something at night because God forbid you put it in a tree. Then it's just a whole debacle of how do you you know re rigging at night is a pain in the ass and. Yeah. But at, at the spot we were fishing when I was there last, like that's wide open. You could you could fly cast from the top of those rollers and shit, and and I'd bet those straight those wipers. What do you call them? Hybrids. Those hybrids would would eat at night. I bet. 
Oh, I know they would eat it. We just talked about right? that. Before Let's do it one of them this, this September. Let's see if we can't get a night wiper. That'd be sick. I'm gonna, oh, we something. definitely can. Yeah, it's it. We don't even need the lights. There's enough light where we'll go. That at, at both right. the spots, there's enough light at night. We can go both the spots and just go do whatever we want all night long. That's not another really spot cool. too I would that's love so to low. Because like again, I have really enjoyed fishing at night. And the thing about it too, like it's real. I really think it's really fun to track the moon that way. You know, like every time I'd be going, where do you want it? Like. I caught a really big fish on a full moon, but that wasn't a trout. But for the trout, like, you want it really dark. Like, that's when I feel most confident. And Derek told me that, too. He's like, you want a dark-ass night. And and the full moon maybe puts things a little bit down. There's other things that can totally fuck you, too, when you're out there. Like, fog or losing your net. Here's a great story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This story is really funny. So I met Derek one night, and he's like, the thing about Derek is he's intense and he's like, Chad, tonight we're hitting spots. So let's go. And Chad is more of a plotter. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I got to make sure I got all my shit and I lose nothing. Uh, I got a waiting staff. I'm an old man. You know, this guy's like a mountain go going up a mountain. I'm like the slow ass guy, you know, trying to keep up. But, he's like a mountain you know, goat and you're like an old spot. white dude. <laughs> exactly. I've got two replacement hips. So, I, so, like, so, some people look at me like with the old old man waiting staff, and I'm like, no, this thing is sick, and it is sick at night. It gives you that third point, you know. It, it's I think it's really important to use a waiting staff, and and even if I was Derek, maybe I'd still have one on me because it sucks falling down at night too. But you know, first person experience there. You, you don't want to get your waiters also. But um, you will so fill your boots up. He's like, let's go. I want, to, I want to show you this other spot. So we go to the spot, right? And I'm like, okay, I like it. I, already, I can see it's got an easy access. You can drive, like, pretty close to it. And I just, there's, like, a grassy-ass bank and, like, a big old tree on the other side. I was like, yeah, I, if I was a child, I'd be over there. So we get there, and we spread out by, like, maybe 50 feet. And, and like, my second cast, I get banged, and I catch a fish. And it's, it's not a bad one for me. You know, this dude and a lot of dudes who fish in there are looking for for 20 plus inch fish but i am totally fine with like an 18 inch child that's sick for me i think it's great and so i get a fish and no sooner do i get it when these two dudes start walking up the trail right and they got their headlamps on and when you get a fish you keep your lamp off but when you get a fish you have to put your lamp on so you turn away from the fishing you know and try to manage towards the opposite shore where you came from so you don't you know scare the fish and stuff so these dudes are coming i'm like oh crap you know I don't want them to see that we just got here and just banged one because they're obviously going to be looking, you know, how's the fishing? <laughs> so I turn off my lamp and I'm like waiting towards the shore and I stumble, of course. And like my line is still out. Like I didn't reel it in or anything. And it, it becomes in, in, incredibly entangled in my gear. It's like wrapped around my lanyard. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm stumbling in the water and they're like, "Hey, did you catch anything?" I'm like, "Oh you know. no, no, uh, this is a little one." And and I sent him on his way. So then I start like managing the fish and I'm like, "Jesus fuck, this line is everywhere." So I let the fish go. I didn't even get a good picture of it, which is disappointing. Derek would have been like 18, no, but I would be like, you know, fucking paparazzi, man. This is a sweet fish. <laughs> and um, so I was like, I, it, the line is so tangled. It's around my my. Um, my net, which has a magnetic release, really, my favorite net. It was a Gray's landing net. It was big, but it was rubberized. And it wasn't too big that I couldn't have it on uh, 
uh, a magnetic release. You know, and I, I always try to tether things to myself because I will lose them if they're untethered. It was the Goldilocks the of, uh, of nets. <laughs> so I un- untangle the shit and I, I was like, okay, undo the clip to take the magnetic release off and then handle it. So I'm like, okay, great. I did. And I got rid. I finally got all my line all set. And I'm like, okay, get ready to fish again. Cause Jesus, the bite is on. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I lost my net. So I clumsily like stumbled down to Derek, which probably pissed him off. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I lost my net and you can't fish at night without a net. Like if you catch a good one, you have to be able to manage it in a, uh, a, a, a you have to take care of the fish. You don't want to fuck with these fish. They're awesome. Man. Yeah. So I, I lost my net. He's like, that's terrible. Does your net float? And I'm like, I don't think so. I've never lost it before. And <laughs> Because I still own it. Obviously, I haven't lost it before. But <laughs> Thanks, like, Captain Obvious. Metal, so probably not. You know, metal doesn't float. So he's like, all right, well, we'll have to figure something out. And I'm like, all right, let's figure something out. And so I, I just looked for the rest of the time we're at that spot, like using my little light, scaring all of the fish away, <laughs> looking for my net. And I didn't find it. So then it's dark. And I'm like, I'm like, let's go. I, I say to him and he's like, yeah, we'll go to another spot. So he comes, he comes wading up and he's got like a shitty grin, grin on his face. And, and he's like, did you find your net? And I'm like, no. And he's like, <laughs> and he whips out my net. And I'm like, sick, man, you found my net. That's so incredible. It's like, nope, and, you know, my net now. <laughs> you know, we're super psyched again. And, and if the bite is on, we're going to go to another spot. So I clip the net. I put the net on the magnetic thing and we leave. Right. And we get up to the truck, and I'm like, where's my net? <laughs> like, he's like, I just gave you your net. And I'm like, I know you did, but where is my net? It's not here. He's like, you have it. I just gave it to you. He's furious. And he was driving right to me. You know, this is a ridiculous scenario. <laughs> and I'm like, um, you know what I must have done? I must have put it on the magnet, but not clipped it to the lanyard of the magnet. You know what I'm saying? So it was just on a magnet, and you're walking through all these woods and stuff. Of course it's going to fall off, which it did. <laughs> so I'm like, you got to help me. He's like, you are incredible. So we make one pass on the trail, and then I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. Where can I get a net? His house is like 20 minutes away. I'm like, you got to have an extra net. He's a guide, mind you. He's a really good guide. He's like, I don't have an extra net. And I'm like, that's incredible. As fate would have it. One of his friends is pulling out too. This this dude was was a he's another good fisherman. Um, and anyway, he he's like, I, I'm like, I walk up to him. I'm like, Do you have a net? And he's like, Yeah, I have a net. And Derek's talking to him, and, and they're you know fellow guides and such. And I'm like, Can I buy it off of you? <laughs> like, it's a Broden, and I'm like. I always wanted a Broden, you know, I, I truly did. And, um, so he's like, all right, you know, follow me back to my place and we'll make the deal in the parking lot. You know, it's like shady shit now. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. And so we did. And I says to the dude, I'm like, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a big ass fish in there. And he's like, do it. And I didn't, we didn't, I didn't catch anything <laughs> the rest of the night. But <laughs> on that night, Derek did catch a very nice fish. He caught a 21 incher. And it's it's kind of thrilling, like because when you when you're close enough, I, I really enjoy being the photographer, being the witness to other people's fish. Like when I was out there last, watching Ricky catch that big wiper was a really cool memory. That was a big fish. Well, it was, was super big. Doing by the way, Jay. 
Uh, Jay just walked away. He had to go for oh, a pee break. Of course he did. Because I'm, I'm pontificating <laughs> too long, and that drives Jay crazy. I know it. So. Oh, no. He, he's super ADHD. <laughs> so, anyway, the, 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 the uh, moral of the story is lash your gear to yourself, I guess, and don't lose your uh, your landing net twice in a night, <laughs> once permanently. <laughs> it, it sounds like uh, your buddy Derek's going fishing with your son, River. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> These are antics of 14-year-olds. <laughs> I, I actually just talked to Derek about that. Like, I told Derek, and I think a really cool thing that, that local guides can do is to, like, key in on kids a little more. And the thing about it is guides are expensive for a lot of people like myself. I I can't really afford guides. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and the only guiding I've ever really had was with um, a couple guys up in the Berkshires and then Pogo. And the thing about Pogo as a fisherman and as a person is Pogo really gives a shit. He cares. And, and he's he became a friend really quickly. And, and Derek, too, like, you know a lot of times i think guys i get guided for free a lot i think like when i'm out there and mark takes me out or when one of you guys take me out you may not be like guides but you're guiding me and that's a great thing about the fishing community is other people cooking you up uh my friend andy haverman who's a really great guy and a great fly tire around here in, in connecticut he spent a ton of time on on the vineyard and I just gave him the pin of where we're at, where I'm going to be staying for the next few days. And it was like, pin, 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 pin with description. And he's like, you, you know, use it wisely. My big key, like for this week is, is since I'll be here during the day with river, I really, I'm desperate to put river on, on any type of fish, most preferably a striped bass or bluefish and, or God forbid an albie. So we did get a guide for tomorrow because I, I, I've been just, I've loved the New England salt season this year more than any year. And I haven't been fishing the salt super long. But the New England coast is, is just spectacular. It's a gorgeous place. Right now I'm sitting on a beach and the sun is setting behind me. And there's no one on this beach except for one dude chucking a plug, actually. The fly I'm guy. watch him. The he's fly like guy left? Yards away. He's, he's throwing a plug exactly where I was like 10 minutes ago. He doesn't know what he's doing. I can tell that clearly. So if he catches one, I... I kind of know what i'm doing so if he catches one i'll definitely catch one um but yeah it's a great place and, and spending time in the salt has been been sick but so much fishing with river river my son's 10 now and if i love fishing he loves it he loves it more he, he is so into fishing and he's he's turned out to be really skillful one thing yeah he, he seems like well, he's really coming into his own overall like, River will send me videos. We let him watch YouTube on his iPad. He'll be like, dude, check it out. One Rod, One Reel does this little trick thing where he, when he wacky rigs, he does this thing. Because River's really into bass fishing and conventional gear. And as I headed into the season, I was like, oh, great. He's really into it. You know, I was like, I'm going to pick up a rod with a with a rubber worm. And I'm just going to be slaying five-pound bass. You know, it's not that as easy. a fly fisher. <laughs> I think a lot of us look look at conventional gear and be like, that's easy. But it, it absolutely isn't. It's it's as challenging and as intricate as fly fishing if you choose to do it at the level of, yeah, we're going to really look to catch real fish. You know, we're going to do this, do this kind of professional style and shit. If you want to just grab a rod and, and a push-button rod and a, and a uh, bobber and shit, you'll catch fish if you go to the right places. But... On a conventional gear, if you want to fish a swim bait or if you truly want to be 
you know, a jig fisherman or, or fish even jerk baits and, and he, all these things have application. You got to be able to, to change your gear up and, and know how to use certain things. It, it's very technical and bass fishing. My friend Scott says it's very deliberate and it is. And I watched that in river, his, his rod tip control, like when he's fishing a rubber, rubber bait is incredible. Like, and I realized what he's doing is he's moving that bait six inches. Whereas I'm jerking that thing around. Like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very delicate the way, the way he fishes it. And, and he's really good at it. He outfishes me like five to one and I'm legit trying, you know, and, and I don't know how to fish a wacky rig like this kid does because he's able to research it on, on the internet. You know, we never had that when we were kids, you know, no. we had to figure out how to use a rubber worm by using a rubber worm. But I yeah. guess one of the advantages of technology is it, it exposes kids like River who have interest in fishing to a lot of different um, resources for learning about it. You know, he, he knows how to fish these things because he watches these dudes do it. And and that's a real that's a, a blessing. I'd much rather have him watching that than like 99 percent of the other material that's available to children. And yep. then he applies it when we go out. So he's become pretty good pretty quickly. My son he really it. wanted. He really wanted to learn how to use a bait caster. Do any of you guys bait cast? Because I can't. Yeah, I do it all oh, the time. Absolutely, I do it probably three times really? a week across the street. I learned off Chad. I taught Mark oh, when I was like twelve. Yeah. <clears throat> so I haven't like, and and you know maybe I'm um, probably should do this shit, but like I don't watch the video. So send him to me, and I'll like fast forward until he's out of fish and be like, "Yup, there's a dope fish," you know. Like, <laughs> but he's watching it and he's really ingesting it. So he wanted a bait caster. That was his big thing, and and he's become pretty good. He caught a really nice bass on on the bait caster a few weeks ago, when that dude Andy Haverman and his kid Will, his kid Will's ten, and is also an excellent fisherman. Will's a, a fly fisherman though, so Riv was fishing conventional gear, gear, and and Will was fishing flies, and me and Andy were drinking coffee and watching him, which was really fun. He caught a nice nice bass on a on a bait caster. And now that he's 10, like, this is the first year that I've taken the river and just been like, me and you are going camping and fishing. <laughs> and and it, it's it's an incredible bonding experience. It really is. This was the first year that I took him to our annual fish camp, um, which happens every every April on the Natchog River where we fish for trout, you know, stock trout. And he, he just felt like one of the dudes, you know, and, and it was really cool to to go to bed with my boy and wake up with my boy and just fish the entire day. Uh, he, he wouldn't stop. Like I had to go make lunch and he'd, he'd be like, let's go chill at camp and you can make lunch. And he just grabbed a rod and he couldn't stop fishing. He just loves it so much. And he did it really well. Um, not satisfying as a dad, which, which reminds me like. Chad, real quick, before you go off that you know, real, real quick, go ahead. What, what happened while you were at camp? Where I, where I was, where, when you were at camp, Oh, with a with a D, yeah. Wasn't oh, like you a, want to hear about my big giant? Oh my fucking, that is such a great story. So, I take River to a place that's really popular in public, and it's no secret. It's Diana's Pool on the Natchog River. It's really scenic and it's beautiful and it's heavily stocked. And River caught a few fish there, and he caught a really nice one. It was 15 inches, which is good for a stocked fish, but it was like a heavy 15, you know. That it was a brown and it had a really nice belly. And as I was looking at the spot, I was like, oh, I would euro the fuck out of that. You know, I would put a crayfish <laughs> right out there. It's like maybe a good cut of water coming down like a real, real pinch point and then spreading out into a, the tail out of a pool. And it's probably six or eight feet deep. And it's the spot where, like, the state puts a giant, you know, breeder trout in. And 
it's the spot where you'd find one of those. So the next day I drop river off at home after camp and my brothers and like all my cousins start showing up. And so my brother, he's like, where'd you catch? And I was telling him and, and I was like, let's go up to Diana's pool. Cause I was like, there's gotta be a big fish there. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we go up there and literally my first drift, I had a big giant obnoxious stonefly. And a dropper of like, who cares what it, you know, some kind of like electric color dropper. Just a bunch of the thread first... and abortion on a hook. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I'm fishing the stonefly. You know, I'm fishing the stonefly at whatever depth it is, and probably five foot or six foot. And the first drift, like I, I did like that, you know, just pull line out. And then I don't know if you guys know, but just like, you know, slow it up, throw it upstream and start following it down. First drift, bang. Like the indicator didn't just jangle, like the indicator took off upstream. And I, I set up, and as as soon as I set, set up, the, the rod snapped. Like a, it was like a gunshot, wicked loud, bang. And I'm like, oh my God. And there's, there was this dude sitting on a rock, like above me, and he jumps up on his feet and he's like, Did you see that? It was the biggest trout I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, That was the enormous fish, right? It had to be because it broke the fuck out of my rod. And I'm holding. I'm pulling in the fly line then, like I'm pulling in, in, trying to get to the tip section, which is like floating in the river. And the dude's like, your line, it's moving. And I have like, I use, I don't remember what it's called, like, but I use like that, like Euro nymphing line. It's just basically a level line. Um, I think it's made by Rio. It's a really good, I like it a lot because I can cast it a little bit too, if I need to. And um, it, it's moving up river. And I was like, oh my God, the fish is still on here, but the rod is busted. So I, I get to the tip of the rod and I'm actually like trying to hand line him. He's like maybe 15 feet away from me and I can definitely feel him. And obviously he just snapped the tippet because it's like, you know, 5X or whatever. So I was like, Jesus Christ, that sucks. Because now, <laughs> not only did I just get here, I lost the biggest ass fish that you could possibly get. And, and the jam it, with it, our fucking camp is like every year the biggest fish gets like a pin. And they get five bucks from everybody, so it's like a hundred bucks, and you just get the, you know, the accolades again. I've never been the Troutman of the Year, which is a crying shame because I'm unquestionably the best <laughs> angler in that camp, and that's not saying anything about me. It's saying something about the competition. But, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I lost the fish. It was heartbreaking, and and my rod busted. Luckily, I brought two euro rods. So we go back to camp eventually. And next morning, like, we're making coffee and making, like, a snack for free, and it's early. Me and my brother are going to go fish because, you know, that's what we do. And and he's like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll go anywhere. And he's like, let's go back to that spot where you go. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't. I wanted to try something else, but I got what my brother was saying. He was like, there's big fish around there, and the state stocks them, like, in bunches. So who knows? Maybe there's another giant willing to eat. And we go and fish, and we don't catch much. We catch a few. But it's relatively slow, so we're out of there pretty quick, and we're walking down river. We're going past the spot where I hooked that big ass fish, and Sonny's like, "Let's go, let's go check it out real quick." So we walk up, and no sooner do we get up there, there's this dude who's got like one of them little little ultralight rods, and he's up on top of the rocks, and and he's on a, on a huge fish, and it's like well down river from him in the current. And he he's like, "This is an eight pounder," and I was like, "No fucking way!" You know, like you can't. You can't make this stuff up. This this is the shit that only happens to me. But he 
he's on this giant fish and he's like up on these rocks and I'm like way below and, and the way it, the angles work, the thing is like rolling around in the current. I'm like, he's going to come real shallow here all of a sudden. He's going to come to my side of the river and I'm, this dude ain't got a net and I got a net and it was, I still had the graze net. It was probably that one. I hadn't lost it yet. And I netted this fish from him and it was just a fucking giant. It was, it was this enormous brown trout. And the thing about it was, it was stocked for sure, like not a wild fish, but it was actually a really pretty one. You know how like when they stock them, sometimes like they get all beat up in the pens and they just look like shit. Yeah, and then sure. other times you get one that that I think it's probably like the true alpha fish, where it's like I'm the strongest and best one here. I don't have to go up against the fucking wall. I'm in the middle. You know what I mean? Like a good looking mm-hmm. fish and and. Even if it's stocked, that's a really cool thing to catch a really big one for anybody, right? Did that fish have a stonefly in its mouth? No, I, I well, I looked, I looked, and it didn't. Um, so that, and my brother was like, that probably means that it's st- the fish you hooked is still in there. But I, I chose to believe that I netted the fish that I hooked. That's and what I, I was well, not believe. mine, but I chose to believe. Like in my mind, that's what my. That's how I said it. That's your story. Like, that's the set right there. I, I, that was my Same fucking there. fish, man. And I hooked you up. So, but anyway, it was a great fish for him. You know, he, he immediately stuck his fingers directly through its gills and <laughs> hauled it up to the truck <laughs> to be mounted, which is sweet. But I mean, hey, good for that dude. He caught a fucking giant trout. <laughs> So what oh, do you fun. so you have the same kind of mentality that like that's the Western P- Pennsylvania mentality too if if anybody on that kind of a trout the first day of trout kind of day or trout camp yep. kind of day you know you catch that fish although they, my uncle was catching you know twenty inch rainbows out of a river just around here and he's like oh, I'm gonna get one of those guys like I'm gonna get one of these mounted I'm like what yeah huh. Yeah, I'll tell you a fucking pellet head? Like, I would love to fish Shit. with you guys. I would love to fish your trout, like in the in the spring when trout are stocked and 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 whatever. You know, I I don't look down on stock trout whatsoever. No, neither I do I. I wish our state would manage a little differently in Connecticut, where we would would pay more attention to the warm water and like a that lot of the great. trout mm-hmm. that we stock are yeah. literally put in tape, which just means yeah. they're not going to hold over. So take them. I don't take them anyway, and the reason I don't take them honestly is. I mean, we'll take a couple and have a couple meals, but I don't want forty trout. You know what I mean? They're they're not that good. And but, no, and you can't preserve them. My community to have the opportunity to catch them. We, me and River caught the same rainbow trout three times in Roaring Brook, right down the street from my house. I didn't tell him that because I wanted him to keep continue thinking that he was catching. You know, he was catching, but it was the same fish three times over the course of a month and a half this season, and that's really really cool. He can still live there, and he can provide enjoyment to someone else who can catch that fish and be like, great, I caught a fish. But, you know, a lot of folks think that stock trout are, are like, silly or whatever. But, dude, I, I've never caught a palomino. That's what I would want to catch out there in Western PA, the big old gold ones. Those things are cool as fuck. You guys catch those, right? I, I, I caught one. one. I got one a couple months ago. I finished up musky fishing, and it was sitting there. No kidding. Did you catch a musky that day? We got a musky. We got two big smallies and a palomino that day. Sick. Because yep. smallies is another jam over here. I caught a 22-inch smallie this, this summer, which is incredible. And there's a fantastic story behind that fish. Oh, my goodness. So I started fishing a trout stream around us, like, uh, way further down. You know how you read about that? Like, way farther down, it turned into a warm water fishery, which is true. And um, 
I had always done pretty well in this area. A couple of years ago, I caught a really big bass, a really big smallmouth, which for us, we don't have a ton of smallmouth in eastern Connecticut, and certainly not 20 inches. But we have some, and, and I caught one a couple of years ago, and I thought it was fantastic. I'm sure I sent you guys a picture of that fish, and I got to dig them back up because this is a true story, and I have yet to research it. And um, so I, I went back there this spring, and I've been tying a lot of um, crayfish flies. You know Kevin Kuda? Yeah. His, his gabby pattern? You know that, that fly? That is a deadly fly. Yes. Um, that catches literally anything. It's a, And you can tie it in a million different ways. But his, his crayfish fly is, is terrific. And, and when he gave it to me, I brought one home from Wisconsin. And I, like, stashed it so I could, like, deconstruct it. And that became, like, my, my number one fly. And the other one was a Helgramite fly. You buy those tails from Eastern Trophies and just... You know, dub, tail, uh, jig hook, and and rubber legs, and it's a dope fly. And um, I caught, I saw what I thought was a carp, and I was like, oh, shit, it's within tailing distance. And I've never caught a carp. Mental note on your pond across the street, too, Chad. Yeah, yeah. But I'm making yeah, all the right? notes. I could urine nymph one there, possibly. That would be sick. Um, but I, I thought it was a carp, and I was like, you have a shot at that. Like, it was lined up just right where I could, like, make a relatively short roll cast like i use a heavy line and a nine weight rod when i bass fish because i'll do like roll casting as well as just like trying to blast out you know bass bugs and stuff and so i rolled it and and i sent the crayfish fly like it sunk right down in front of him and, and sure enough he'd like tipped down on it i was like oh my god you're gonna catch a carp and he ate it and i was like that's not a carp and he came out of the water like six feet <laughs> and I was like that's a big fucking bass and so i caught it and photographed it and measured it. It was 22 inches, which was that's a real fish for fucking Eastern Connecticut. That was my that was probably my dopest bass in years. Uh, I had not caught a, a really big bass in a while. Fuck, 22 really inches cool. is real anywhere. I took River to the same river system, my son, and he was using a rubber crawdad like on a jig head, and he was fishing like in some rapids where you can cast it up into the rapids, then like work the jig down through through and and work it that way and he's good at that again and he gets bit and and he's like i gotta hit dad and then all of a sudden he's instantly hung up on something in in the, the river this river that we're fishing is a lot like a lot of you guys rivers like where you might see a shopping cart you might see a fucking stump or <laughs> a, a big fish you know it, it's kind of like even the it's kitchen a warm sink. water fishery in a, in a relatively urban area and you know how those things work out but there's some fisheries you know there's good fish there so I oh, like yeah. work my way up the rocks to where River's line is like hung up and I get there and I'm like, there's still something on that. It's incredible. I says, get over here, dude. So he like scrambles down the rocks and he gets over to where I'm at and, and I free the thing and, and up comes this fish out of the water. I was like, that's a, that's an eel. And it was amazing. It was probably 20, it was 20 plus inches and you know, a mature eel and we netted it. And actually that, that broden I bought off of, <laughs> off of that dude. And I, I couldn't believe that I caught an eel here. And I measured, like, on Google Maps when I got home. It was 50 miles from the ocean. And that's an incredible thing to, in fresh water to catch an eel. And, you know, an American eel has an incredible lifespan and, and an incredible life story. They, they swim and, and mate in the Sargasso Sea from here, you know, in, in eastern Connecticut, right? So how cool is that to touch that animal and be like, and tell him, you know, this animal could very well have been thousands of miles away. Um, and here it is now. And this is where it intersects 
its life with yours and and that how cool is that you know and he's real appreciative of such things he and i took a video of him right after i caught it i got it in that i was like what did you just catch and he's like i caught an eel <laughs> it was it was a thrilling moment to you know like you know how it is like the first time you're fishing for smallmouth and a muskie hits or when you're fishing for bass and a pike comes out of nowhere or you're fishing for trout and a muskie comes like jay you know like the unexpected oh, fish hey, that's, hey, that's hey, really yo. the cool oh, thing yo. i think even as a kid, uh, man, getting Neil was dope. Getting getting drug around by a dad who knows how to fish, it was always uh, was a, a great opportunity hey, as a kid. This dude's walking by. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> this is paradise, though. I, mean, <laughs> I got a it, you oh know. God. All right, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. SBS fishing. It's a great podcast. <laughs> Spreading the word in New England for you fellas. How about that? I hear oh, that. that. <laughs> it is a great place oh, though. My geez. feet are like in the sand because it's starting to get cool. Um, there's always the thing about the coast in New England. I was visiting my friend Joe in Maine um, last week. I went to a concert and I went to see Joe, and he lives right near um, Oak Orchard Beach in Maine. And his house is built in 1849. And their bedroom is upstairs and, and it's really small, like a small bedroom, like low ceilings. Cause people were tinier back then, but he opened up the windows and there's just always a sea breeze. You know, he just said he never needs air conditioning because there's always a breeze up there. And, and there is like at the ocean at night, even on a super hot day, there's a, always a breeze coming off the water. It seems to me and the water's, you know, relatively cool. So it almost acts like it's own air conditioning. Um, it was, the, the beach is sick. I love being at the beach in New England. It's an excellent place to be. So, yeah, he caught a giant eel. And eels actually can play into the next Yeah, I was going to say, that's the next story. Well, which was starting to, to surf cast for, for bass instead of fly fish for them, for striped bass. I've, um, I've fished for bass in, in the salt for probably four or five years. And I love fishing for schoolies. Like I have no problem with a 24 inch, you know, bass hitting a streamer in the ocean. Like I'm not a size queen. I just want to hit a fish. And, and that's really with schoolies. You can hit like, you know, 12 or 14 in an hour sometimes. And that's really, really fun. You know, quantity over quality, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, um, I usually do it on Cape Cod, and I did it this year on Cape Cod, which reminds me too, by the way, I've now caught a striped bass this season in four out of the five New England states that have coastal water. I've caught one in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine. Only Rhode Island remains. In Rhode Island, I should be able to do. I haven't yet fished it, but I've been really lucky to to connect bass on on all of these uh, different states. But yeah, I go to Cape and visit my friend Scott, and, and usually my family goes there for a vacation um, every summer for at least a few days. And, and this year we couldn't we couldn't sync up and get the house we always get, so we didn't go. But I did a suicide run down there one night where I was like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna fish bass with Scott. He actually gave me a like a finesse lesson in, in conventional gear so I could try to keep up with river, and I failed miserably doing that. But <laughs> I knew I could catch bass at one of my Cape spots. So I was like, I'm a fish freshwater, largemouth with Scott. And then I'm going to sleep a little bit at his place and head over to my striper spot for the right tide. And I did that and I, I caught fish and I lost an absolute giant. I had never been connected with a striped bass that was maybe, I don't know, 
measured in pounds instead of inches. You know what I mean? And I connected with two that morning that were, were true giants. And I know because they both, I didn't land either of them, but I, um, I got carried down, down the coast, like 600 yards by one. I was just chasing it and it, it would get in this rip current and it would, it would take, I don't even have a clue how much line it would take, but it would try to go to Europe. <laughs> I could beat it. I brought it back, and it would do it again. And did that three times in the course of the fight, where I, I ch- chased it down the coast and had to like scramble over rocks, and I, I stayed tight with it forever. And then it finally got off, and I um I reeled back in, and I uh, I walked all the way back. I was exhausted, physically and mentally exhausted. I was connected to a giant fish and I didn't, I didn't seal the deal. And I walked all the way back and I was, you know, get back all the way to where my gear is. Cause when I would fish there, I would bring a couple of different fly rods and I would leave them on shore and use, you know, whichever one was, was preferable eight, nine, 10 or, or nine, 10, 11, those type of weights and intermediates and floaters. And there was a dude standing at my gear, an old man. And he had, a conventional rod with a cast master on it and I walked over to him and I was completely disheveled, you know, sweating bullets, <laughs> mud, just disgusting. I cut myself pretty bad and the dude's like, he's like, did you catch it? I says, what? He says, I was watching the whole thing from my car right over there in the lot and I saw you go around the corner. Did you catch it? I says, no. And he got it. You know, he was one of these guys. He's been there for years. He's an old Cape head. I could tell. And, um, it was at that point, I was like, I, I really want to catch a big one. Like not to be like, I don't know. Like I said, I don't care how big the fish is. I just like catching them. But having been close made me want, you know, to close the deal. And earlier that morning, I had had to make a decision on a fly rod fish where I was using Mark's jig fly, actually. Mark, what is that? That's like a river pig, but Mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, that was a river pig. That's a river pig, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was using a river pig because you can cast it out like to the far side of a rip and then like jig it as it swings through. And that's a deadly presentation. But I was um, I was using one of those and. I got hit by a big fish and I realized as the fish took line and was just spooling me like this is, I was using my, my piker musky setup, which is, I, I don't really, I didn't really pay much attention to backing when I was setting it up. So I had used ice fishing line, 30 pound ice fishing line. And there's like next to none of it on the spool. And he was running and I had to decide if I was going to give up the fly line, you know what I mean? Cause he was going to spool me and I just locked it up and broke him off. And, and that's what I had to do. And that's, that's when I marched up to the, to the car and got the conventional rod. I was like, ha, now I'm going to fuck you all up. And I got, got down you, there next, <laughs> next trashed me and I didn't get it, but I was like, I'm going to get one. And, um, so Derek again, Derek is also a very accomplished saltwater angler. Um, and, he and I talked about a couple of spots I had interest in and, and he's like, this is your spot. And I thought so too. Like the thing about striper fishing and new England coast is this, anybody can find what would make a good spot. Anybody, if you know what to look for on Google maps, you can go on Google maps and you can isolate areas where when the tide is moving out, you're going to be pulling stuff away from shore. It's going to be food. You can find these spots that you're like, yes, that's where they'd go. They like current, they like structure, they like the stuff that, that you'd expect a fish to like, basically. 
but it's access. You know, it's being able to be like, I can park there. You have to find places. The things that I look for are, are public parks, um, you know, state parks, state beaches, stuff like that, where, you know, you can, you can at least get there and you may have to pay to park or whatever, or you can work it out when the parks close, you call them up and tell them I'm going to be fishing. And most of them are open to those type of activities like fishing, provided you're actively doing it. You can't go there and like camp out, but if you're fishing, you can go to most public parks at night if you check the regs and you find those areas where you have those two things, you know, that one piece of structure, maybe it's a pond or, or a river entry into, into the salt, or just looking at Google maps, you find these areas where these giant ass rocks, you know, you're like, those are just, you can think about it like a smallmouth, you know, you'll be like, if I was smallmouth, I would like a nice little currenty area where there's some big ass rocks I can hide behind and eat crayfish. Yep. Current breaks. Thing, they're just eating, you know, lobster, right? Or whatever, pogies with, with giant weights stuck in their belly and shit. But, <laughs> you know, so you can find them spots. You just may not be able to park there and access it. But there was one spot, and I was like, I knew it. I was like, that's a really good spot. And I went there one night in the summer with my brother and my friend Tanner. And Tanner and Ryan, my brother, were throwing eels. And I brought that jig fly over to, like, the the mouth of the river that flows out there I, I wanted to catch a fish there and I, I hooked one and it broke me off on a on a um I was too low on my tippet as I think back but I had a long leader and it was yeah I hooked one it broke me off on some some oyster bed or some shit and no sooner did that happen than I heard these fools promoting up on the fucking rocks where they were standing so I was like they must have got a fish which is cool because neither one of them was like hardcore anglers and I was really glad one of my either my brother or my friend caught a good fish and so I scramble over there and Tanner had caught it Tanner is, is a he works for the Department of Environmental Energy and Protection in Connecticut a really good old friend of me and my family's and it was it was incredible to see him with this giant animal Tanner's fish was 44 inches and we would estimate it in, in the mid forties for weight. We don't have a scale. Like I don't have a scale. I'm not really concerned, but it was a really big fish, really great fish. And so we photographed it and everyone's on a high, you know, like when you're on a trip and somebody catches a giant, like you get a little high, like that dude's the fucking bride. And you're like, Tanner, that's so sick. And he goes to release it and we'd working it in the water, working it and, He's like, there she goes. And I got it on video. And, and like, he lets it go. And she, like, does three swims. And then she uh, goes on her side. <laughs> so, what does my fucking brother do? My brother takes off his clothes, jumps into the sea, off the rock, wrangles the fish. And we, he works it for, like, I don't know, maybe 10 more minutes. And then he's like, it feels strong. You can, like, hold the fish, you know, obviously, and, and rub its belly. And there's a giant plane coming overhead. Sorry, can you hear that? Yeah, we got the it. Thing about Martha's Vineyard too is like people are like you're gonna run into like celebrities. I'm like, like who? And they're like David Letterman. I'm like, fuck yeah, man! I have a conversation with Letterman. Like he and I, we couldn't really hit it off. I think so. No, he would walk away from you. <laughs> so anyway, Tanner, Tanner caught this great fish, and my brother did great work to release it because for one, it's illegal to keep. So the slot limit, and that fish is well above the slot. Was your brother full nude when he was reviving this fish? 
he had he had on shorts. He was fishing in shorts that night, so he only had to like really remove his shirt. So I oh. guess I was over dramatic and saying he whipped I, off all. The see, clothes. I thought he was gonna be full totally nude. I was totally over dramatic, but he whipped <laughs> off his shirt. But no, that sounded better the first way. Chad had the pry. You could have just left well enough alone. He did the work, man. You know what I'm saying? Like he did the work. That that's sick. To jump in and do that, and it showed me something that I put to use. A couple weeks later, because once I saw that, obviously I was like, I have to catch a big fish. You so know, said there. fish swam away after your uh, brother there, humped it. Got, like, I'm not a great angler at all, but I catch fish because I'm willing to be there at the time that makes sense, and I, I have enough friends who are going to help me out, and I have enough skill that I can at least get out of fish, right? you're not always going to be great it's almost like athletics i tell this to my son too like he misses he's super into frogging (laughs) and and he he, it's hard to catch on a frog conventional gear like the hook set is a challenge man you gotta bang that and he's gotta have it and river isn't yet to catch one and i'm like it's almost like baseball dude it's like some days you're not gonna be you know pete rose or or chad williams or whoever you're gonna be just you know Marty Barrett or Chris Sabo or you know, some yeah. horrible <laughs> cup of coffee minor leaguer. You know, you have your good and your bad days. So I was like, I'm willing. You know, I, 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 I saw there was a full moon coming and it's almost like musky. I think I, I do believe firmly in moon phase when it comes to like predator fishing of any kind. I, I believe in it with the big trout and the mice. I believe in it with with musky unquestionably i believe in it ice fishing pike like moon means something and if it doesn't if there's truly no science to it and there may not be i don't know but if it doesn't what it means is it gives you a piece of confidence something that you can lean against and be like yeah i'm out here at the time when i should be out here this moon phase is what i want it gives you that extra piece of confidence to let you do that activity with your fishing well. You know, like you, you, you researched a little bit or did something, something, anything other than just going out there with a rod and throwing it in the water. You know, you did something to put yourself in a position to be successful. And I like the full moon because it's gorgeous. Like, even like one night I was like, Derek, let's go out. It's full moon early in the summer. He's like, there's no way I'm going out. It's a full moon. I'm like, I know, but it'll be really pretty. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went and it was gorgeous. It was solo mission. I didn't catch, catch anything big. I think I caught a trout or two, but being out at night and, and the way, like the way light plays on water at night is, is gorgeous. And and it's just, it's special. It's quiet. It, it's totally unplugged time. It's a wonderful time to fish at night, I think. But and it's more challenging in a lot of ways. You know, just simple things are hard. Um, tying a knot, it's not easy, especially your eyes are bad like mine. Like I have to really take my glasses off to tie a knot and put my glasses back on to fish. And so I had a full moon, and I had just met these guys, a friend of mine, Aaron. Aaron Swanson writes for in for the Fisherman magazine. He writes a weekly, just kind of detailing what's going on in, in the state. And, and he's a good buddy of mine. He put me on with this dude named Andrew who's got a shop, J&B, in, in Middletown, Connecticut, which is a lovely town. And I went and got some eels from this guy because that's what Tanner had caught his big fish on. And I was like, I know enough about surf casting that I can, I can fish an eel. It's a giant rubber worm. That's what you do. 
And I've done it enough where I was like, I want to do this. You know, it, it's, it's satisfying to make a long cast with, with a big live bait and, and work a bait. It's satisfying to fish with bait. Most of us had that start. You know what I'm saying? We mostly fished with worms and shit when we were kids, you know. Not everybody started off with a fly rod. But um, so I got eels and I, I called seven friends that night and invited all of them to fish. Now, one of them came. So they may well be chastised for the rest of their lives by me. Because if one of them came, I would have had a better picture of a giant fish. Because I caught a few early. I had brought a fly rod um, and one of Mark's, um, uh, the, the mini ones, Mark, those little Bufords. Mm-hmm. Mini. Mini. Yeah. Yeah, it's a deadly fly. But I had a couple of those. And at this spot, you can stand like at a tip of rock and you have like a really nice cast either side and and you want some current there's current going through there so it's 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 a nice way to fish where you don't have to be too concerned with back cast at night and you can um you can get away also without using a stripping basket there because it's kind of open to fish and i caught a couple so i was really feeling good about myself and i was like i'm gonna switch over and try the eels it got close to the time in the tide that's another thing like timing when a tide's going to change, changing times and being there at that point, doing enough research to know when the tide's going out, not fucking it up, which I've done plenty of times. But I liked where the tide was at. And it was right around the same point in tide when Tanner had caught his. I started fishing eels and I caught one fish that was kind of small. Uh, it was a good fish, you know, for me, but it wasn't, wasn't what I was looking for. And, then I finally used the biggest eel I had, which was probably 24 inches, really big eel. It was similar in size to the one River had caught in the Natchog River. But, um, and I, I made a long cast. No sooner did the eel hit the water when I felt the take. And that's the other cool thing about fishing bait, like feeling the take. That's, that's sick. And so I flipped the bale and let them run for a little tiny bit. And you have to use circle hooks in Connecticut. It's law for live bait fishing stripers. And I locked it up, and I felt, and then I banged it. And I, I banged it, like, probably five times, like, hook setting. Because I knew right away this was a giant fish. And I was able to fight it. And, and the thing where I lost on the other two fish back at the Cape, both on the fly rod and on the conventional rod, is I let the fish dictate the fight. And I decided I, I really – I had 40-pound Power Pro rigged up, and I had a, a Shimano, Shimano – um, what are the reels I use? Are Stellas, I think. Shimano Stellas. This is a good reel. Yeah, those right are good now. reels. I was like, crank it down. You've got the right gear. I was like, beat this fish. And the fish took a couple of hard runs. And I, I gave it a little bit, but I beat it back quickly. You know what I mean? I did not let it extend the run. I beat the fish. And I took the fight to it. And um, when I got it in shallow, I saw it. I, I, I knew, like, you turn your headlamp on and there's just this giant silver thing and i was wise to have known that there was a shallow area where there was sand and i could get into the water should this have happened that i you know get on a real giant you know a great fish and and sure enough it happened so i worked him down to that area and i got my hand in his mouth and i couldn't believe how big it was it was it was i had a hard time lifting that bass and it, it, it was 48 inches long with a 32 inch girth <clears throat> and I didn't deserve it. You know, I, um, 
I haven't fished the salt much, and there's a lot of guys that I know who have put in a hell of a lot more hours. And I, I felt a little bit bad, but I was also very proud of myself because I was able to manage to catch it. And then I, I also photographed it solo and released it. And, and I worked it for a good half hour in the water before it was strong enough to go. And watching the fish move off into the black Atlantic Ocean and, you know, below this, this full moon. And there were, like, wisps of clouds around it. Like, you would draw, you know. It was such a special moment. I was really proud of my accomplishment in letting it go. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> my true fear as... I was I was reviving the fish because I had watched my brother do it a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I saw what he had done. He did what you would do, you know, and I knew what I had to do. Yeah. True fear was like if it died, it's above the slot, so you can't legally take it. You're supposed to just leave it there, and I couldn't do that. And I was like, how would you carry this to your car? Which is <laughs> in pieces. Quarter <laughs> them. You can do a calculator and like put in the dimensions of a striper, and it'll tell you roughly what it weighs. And I, I don't. I mean, the fish at, at the low range was mid forties, and at the high range was probably close to sixty pounds. I don't know. I will say this: like, and a lot of my friends chimed in with opinions about what the, they think the fish could have weighed. And I don't know. I, I, I've never, I've never handled the fish. That was that big for sure. And I, I've caught 20 pound pike and I've, I've caught muskie. You know, I've, I've handled big fish, but this was a different level. It was, it was very difficult for me to lift. And I'm not like, you know, fucking, you know, uh, super John Cena or something, but I'm not a small dude. I, I can lift shit. And, and it was heavy. Lift, <laughs> it was heavy, right? It was mad fucking heavy. It was. I lift 40-pound bags of pellets for a pellet stove at home, and it was far heavier than that. And, and if we're to be honest, like I, maybe I cut a hole in one of them bags, and, and I was like, uh, I held, held it like a, a fish mouth. And I was like, that was way heavier. <laughs> it was way heavier. So it was a good fish, and, and it was such a special memory for me, you know, to accomplish it alone, too, like on your own two feet. You know, it was really, really cool. So stripers have been on my mind and here i am at the vineyard i'm really lucky like i, I said before like i couldn't afford um guides but i do have a guide lined up for tomorrow there's a, a fellow by the name of steve purcell out here on the vineyard and he does some really cool stuff uh, he came recommended by by several of my friends aaron and andy and, and a lot of guys really think steve is is terrific so I want to put my kid on a fish. Like that's my goal for tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. is to have Riv and his friend Miles and Miles' father John, who graciously invited us here to the island. Like I, I really want to see them bend a rod. That's what I've told this dude Steve. I've been like, who cares? Don't worry about me, because I mean, fuck, man. I've caught I've caught striped bass in four New England states, and I, I've caught a lot of fish this summer. So I'd I'd love to see one of these dudes get it. Um, just get any kind of real special fish, but don't get me wrong. I, I'm going to have Albie rock rigged up because I could potentially get on an Albie and that would be fun too. So that would be sweet. Ways. Get all the surf, surf candies rigged up. I did. So I went to a store. Uh, the first thing I did when I went here is try to like establish, I always do this when I go to a new spot and I'm kind of so like go to a fly shop. You know what I mean? Like don't. Don't order the flies in advance. Go go to the shop. Go be at the place and and look in the bins. You know what I'm saying? You know, don't look for and look for the bin that's empty. You know what I'm saying? That that's what they're eating. Yep. 
these folk these folk are independent and and Cabela's don't need your money. But Coop's Fly Shop or Coop's Bait and Tackle rather in Anchorton, that dude he, he could use anything you're willing to throw at him, you know what I'm saying? And and don't put your money where what you need today. Put your money where you want to shop in 10 years. You know what I mean? Support those those people who are grinding it out and making a life of this fishing stuff that we all do. And buy Mark's Flies. You know what I'm saying? Go buy Queen City Guiding and, and check it out. and Do that stuff. That's that's how we end up, you know, as a strong community of, of, of fishermen and friends. You know, and that's how you end up being able to go out to western Pennsylvania and kick Nolan out of the bed and be like, Take me to this river, you know. And Absolutely. He's willing to do that with you. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's fucking rad. I can't I'm wait. really grateful for you guys, too. I cannot wait to see A few you. more weeks. Yeah, it should be fun, man. So, <clears throat> if there's no water, like, are we, is there, can we go to a lake? I mean, well, there's we'll, always we'll, options. We'll, figure, we'll, we'll figure things out. By then, the water temp should be cool enough that we should be able to fish just about anywhere. Yeah. Uh like I said, like it, I we'll said get water. I can, I'll fish anything y'all want to. If you want to fish from Bluegill, <clears> we, we can totally do that. We can go down to the local dive bar and go trolling. No. Well, yeah, I, I've been, <laughs> well, wait. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Who's listening back home? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> this <laughs> thing's on? <laughs> I'll say we my should. My darling wife. Um, I, I got to give, give credit to Amanda. My wife is, is incredible. Uh, for all the fishing that I've been, been blessed to experience this summer, I couldn't do it, you know. She encourages me, and I think both of us do a really good job. I encourage her happiness, and she encourages my happiness. And she knows I'm better. Everything about me is better when I'm fishing. So it, it, it's a blessing to be with a person who's that good of a partner. And it's a blessing to have a kid like Marin, my daughter, who's very creative and inspires me a lot. She was in a play this summer. That was her big jam. I talk a lot about River because he and I fish. And my daughter, who's eight, is is an incredibly talented young lady, and, and she's she's got a lot of sass. River has been calling her the Sasquatch, not because <laughs> she's hairy, but <laughs> second dad joke, right? But um, she was in a play, Peter Pan. And Peter Pan is like literally one of my favorite books. I love Peter Pan. Lost boys, man, they never grow up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, and that's that's what it is, is is they stayed young and they stayed they stayed uh they stayed active in, in what they pursued and enjoyed, which was adventure. So in the book there's a quote in, in Jam Barry's book there's a quote one of them's like, To die will be a very great adventure and, and it sounds negative, but then you realize like the Lost Boys, man, they never grew up. So maybe that's them saying, you know, there is a mortality around the corner, but that's a great adventure too. You know, every day is a great adventure when it comes to fishing and, and you only have so many days. So fish whenever the fuck you can, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's my <laughs> advice. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just getting dusk here and the tide has changed in the conversation that we've had, or I've had just pontificating on my own while you guys sit there. But, um, the tides changed and I'm waiting for some birds to start. Cause I got a rod rigged and, Maybe I'll catch a fish tonight. That'd be sick. <laughs> How long are you there for? We're here through uh, through Wednesday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And like I said, I'll be out with that guy, Steve Purcell, tomorrow. And hopefully he'll be able to uh, to get us on a fish. But if not, like, I, I feel pretty confident that I could, could find some fish around here. <laughs> there's, there's striped bass all throughout New England this summer. And it's been a really good year for a lot of people. Not to say that anybody should should 
take any bass home because the reason it's probably a good year is because a lot of people are seriously conserving the animals. You know, I really appreciate that Connecticut made a circle hook only regulation. When That's another thing about fishing with kids. Like, to take a kid out, you got to, like, nobody, no kid wants to see his stock trout bleeding out the gills and, you know. My son does. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're taking it home, that's fine. But, like, as far as catch and release goes, using a little circle hook, a small circle hook for trout and a big-ass circle hook for stripers. Like, circle hooks really do a good job of getting in the corner of the mouth if you do it right. Like, And I use them on ice fishing, you know. You almost don't want to set the hook, just sort of let it run down, and, and then bang, it's there. And, See, and you set. I don't know, man. With with the kids with the the stock trout, I always find that just no no live bait with the kids you go with the for chalk- six treble hooks. So no, yeah, exactly. No, I, I just, I'm 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 <laughs> throwing I'm throwing rapalas and or no no I'm throwing spinners or. Mm-hmm. You know, some kind of spinning. It's, it's so much. Yeah. It just feels like the fish little is. Rapalas, right? No, like no. Little, we little we, we look, usually little Joe's flies, which are little spinners, really, or just any kind of uh, any kind of spinner. Meps, whatever the hell you want to yeah. throw. They CPS all swing. Yeah, they all work just the damn same. It doesn't Panther matter which Martins Panther Martiners are yeah. fucking wonderful. The little ones. Uh, you know, but, Jay, you know what I like? I I love I just these little like tiny easy. jerk baits. Um, yeah, I like Lucky Crafts. They're from Japan. Those are sick jerk baits. There, you can get like the the little sixty centimeter ones. They're like maybe two inches, one and a half inches. That's a really sick bait. I caught a lot of fish on those through the years, and the River likes using those too. You and the feel thing like that it's I easier. do use live bait with them for, and I'm I'm glad I have. It's the same like with using a rubber worm. It's a feel. It's using the tip of the rod to oh, feel yeah. where you're at. Like I I I think that's a valuable skill, and that'll help him nymph when he gets into fly fishing, you know, you know, you know yes, for a kid that like, that's 10 years old, that's really taking fishing on. I, my dad taught us just to have the feel and to feel everything. You could feel everything through the line by having your finger on the line. Mm-hmm. And I, that's no, if you're teaching your kid that these be beyond our kids. That's we, uh, we have our kids on spinners just cause it, it, it is what it is. And it's, the, it's the, real it in. And yeah. Women. And, and, the, and it just yeah. makes it easier for us. But if so you're you teaching what, your kids you know that kind of that stuff, that's real, me, that's real skill. Reel it in, the whopper plopper. The whopper plopper is an outstanding lure. There, there's not a predator fish you couldn't catch on a whopper plopper. That thing is sick, and they make them in all sorts of sizes. Oh, yeah. Like those musky dudes who use them choppers. You know, that's what it is. It's a chopper scaled down. I think you can catch stock trout on a whopper plopper if they made it small enough. You know what I mean? Little <laughs> head tiny torpedo. Remember that thing? Yeah. yeah. There probably is that something thing. like that. That J- thing is sick. Like, Jace gave great me a great bait. Jace gave me a couple That's... of them when he worked at Dick's, and I had my daughter and my cousin stuff out with him. Oh, yeah, them things. Mark, did your daughter hook a muskie on a whopper flapper? No, no, that was a spinner bait. It was a spinner bait. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she I caught, it was a, whopper, she, that's she thing, caught like, a pike on a whopper flapper. Mm-hmm. That's sick. Um, yeah. yeah, that reminds me of River's Pike, too. River caught a pogo put River on a pike. That fucking now, pogo. <laughs> yeah, fucking guy. Pogo put my son on a pike two falls ago and that was that was really cool to see um that's a you know that, there's a dude right there pogo I, I swear i miss him so much up here in new england he's like there's not a lot of people who 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 i would say like i've known for a few years and i've only seen steve you know a few times a year and, and calling and texting regularly but i don't see him a lot there haven't been a lot of people who've made an impression on me like steve he, he's He's so passionate and he's such a good person in his heart. I, 
I can't get enough of Pogo. I, I can't wait to see him again. I'm going to go down there and catch catch uh, peacocks with him. That that's going to be my jam. Like Florida peacocks. I don't. The, the tarpon's sick. He he's been on. You know, I mean, that he's been on the show actually talking about it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. The tarpon's sick, but the peacock is the fish that I want. That's more of a bucket list for me than a tarpon. That everybody different, right? You're insane. Everybody's got their what? Give me a bucket list fish from all three of you. I'd love to hear this. Oh, that's a good question. I, I still want tarpon. Dorado. Yeah. A Dorado. Dorado, or, Dorado. Dorado or a that's, wolf. That's well done. Or yeah, a that's, wolf that's fish. up there, too. That's a I, sick fish. I, I, w- I would kind of just want to get to the rivers there, like Bolivia, mm. Peru, stuff like that. I want to catch a bull trout, and okay. then yep. I want to catch a tarpon. But yep. I would go well, somewhere. Tranny, with, if like, I could go like to training Marks, and catch a bull trout, bull trout, yeah, like bull trout are accessible. You just have to be willing yeah, to drive, know. you yeah. know, thirty-six hours to Idaho. To oh do yeah, it, we were I close to it. So, it just hey, the dignity yeah. of the tranny man. The cool. Kid is kid is on fire. He's he's an incredible angler. Yeah, an incredible person. A oh yeah, guy. absolutely wonderful person. He, he's solidly all right. Love that guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I haven't seen him in a few years. I've only met him in real life once, but that that group text were all you he's need. A, he's a, that's all you need. Like yeah. you don't need to, right? You, you're fine. You'll be happy to see Tranny again if you've met him one time. Yep. He's, he's the guy. Um, but bull trout, yeah, man. You know, I'd love to catch one of those too. What about a timing? That's one of mine. Like Russia, you know, Kazakhstan, whatever the hell those rivers yeah, are. That would be sweet. Like, cool. That's a cool fish. Mongolia. They they all eat that black and green and red. Buford, dude. I'll tell you that. I've sent some flies for Mon- for time in Mongolia. They've black and purple. Right. I, I know they got them on that. I'll I'll tell you the fish that no one mentioned that it's a bucket list for me. The Mako shark. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wait, you know what you can do in New England? You can chunk for shark. And I'd be happy to uh, to learn how to do that and take you out chunking for shark. And you'd probably catch one if, if you know. One of my kind-hearted soul friends is like, dude, this is how you do it, and where you go. Cause yeah, that's I've, it. You know, like I have family in Maryland that does it, and uh, do they really? Yeah, in Maryland. They haven't caught makos in, he said, probably four or five years, but they used to catch makos all the time. And you've caught shark when you're with them, but just not makos, right? I've caught dogfish. Okay, that's close enough, dude. That's just <laughs> toothy ass fish right there. I'd take one. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I've caught dogfish and cobia, but you know what? Another one is of mine, bowfin. I've never caught a bowfin. Depends on the weather, man. We might make it happen. Mm-hmm. Jay was just yeah, talking before we called you about all the time he's been putting into him. Who has? Jay. Jay. Oh, I know. Jay Jay is like the bowfin master of western Pennsylvania. It's, you gotta and if he's not, he'll tell right you place. A really wise person <laughs> once told me, like, if you want to accomplish anything, find a person who's good at that shit and get in the same room with them. That's it. Have an elevator pitch, chat them up, whatever. Get in the room with the guy who does whatever it is you want to do as good as it can be done, you know? And that's why I try to seek out folk like Derek, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, like, getting a guide does – what I told River about tomorrow, I was like, look, this is special. And you know what I'm saying? Like, daddy, mommy not going to know what we're spending here on this. Neither are you. But it, the, the special thing about being with a guide is, is for one, you're going to get to be in a place that you – you otherwise couldn't be you, otherwise you wouldn't hire a guy you know if i had a fucking center console and the skills i would be out here in martha's vineyard right now on my own slaying bass but i don't so you're paying for the experience you know what i mean like 
it's worth it to, to, to go have that experience. And I told River, I was like, ask him as many questions as you feel comfortable asking him. Make a relationship where you talk to him, like he did with Steve. Like, Steve was River's first real guided trip. I guide him when I take him, but I am not a guide. You know, I'm not that good. Yeah, you're just I dead. told him, I was like, listen to Steve. Steve, Steve is going to know what's what. So we were out fishing pike, and I told Pogo, I was like, look, put him in a backwater and let's catch some bass. You know, get his confidence up, because I know there's there's large and smallmouth and there's tonic that you can you can hit. And so Steve's like, right on, let's do this. And we went into a cove, and when we're pulling in, Steve's like, put your fly up there first, because sometimes they post up right outside. And I did, and I, and, and, and I got hammered. And so I was like, all right, they're eating. And, and River caught a few bass, and then I caught a couple pike. And River was like, let me change the lure. And he brought some lures from home and stuff. And me and Steve were like, nah, you know, the Sluggo, which is what he was using, it acts like a Buford. And I was using, uh, you know, basically a Buford fly. And the Sluggo does the same thing. So that's what River's using. And he wasn't catching. He got real tired. And finally he was like, that's it, guys. I'm changing lures. And he pulls out this. It's about two inches long. It's made by a company called Headbanger. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a or it's a Headbanger minnow. It's it's like a jig sunfish, mm-hmm. really cool lure, and it's weedless. The hook actually, when a fish bites, this hook and this lure stands up. It sits inside the two sides of plastic and basically what would be like behind the dorsal of a sunfish. And then when the fish bites, it stands up. It's really it's a cool setup. And so we pull up on a weed bed, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's fish here. So I had, like, stopped fishing because I wanted a river to catch now. It was his turn. And it was like Mark when we were fishing. You know, I, I, I told – after I caught two muskies and Mark hadn't caught any, I was like, I'm going to stop because if there's one around, he's probably going to bite me because I'm hot as a pistol. And sure enough, Mark <laughs> nails a muskie, which, which is what I wanted to happen for river. So we pull up on a weed bed, and he's like, no, Dad, we're, we're on a guided fucking trip. You are fishing. So – I started casting and he threw through that weedless sunfish right up in the weed bed and he's, he's moving it. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm on a fish. And you know how it is on a float. Everybody does. Like when somebody gets fish, like it's electric, you're psyched. Everyone is suddenly locked into that moment. You did, you're doing what you want to do. And I was like, he's probably got a good ass bass because his rod's bent. And then the fish came out the weeds and I was like, that's a pike. And I, that's what I wanted. It was river to experience a Northern pike. And and he fought it like a boss, and Steve netted it, and it was just chaos. And sometimes you just gotta trust him. But the thing was, I trusted that kid. But here on this, I don't know how to do this fishing where we're going to be. I don't even fish from a boat, so I gotta take Jeremy. Like I have a tendency. To <laughs> I don't want to spoil tomorrow by doing that. Yeah, throw it but up. you can ask these questions, you know. <laughs> I probably asked Mark a billion questions when we were out on the lake last time I was down there. It, it, it's what you're, you're wise to do is ask questions to the people who know how to do that thing you want to do. So, and, and how, Mark, how do you feel about that? Like as a guy who's guided, you know, do you want to do like, Absolutely. I, I, I want to input, you know, I want to talk uh, and understand. I don't want to just be told what to do and, and go try to do it. No, I agree a hundred percent. Ask away. That's what I'm there for. That's what you paid for the day for. I mean, it's... right, right. And that's the thing. Like, hopefully we'll pick up enough local knowledge and and see the other thing is like, what cadence do they want? That's a really big thing with fishing for striped bass. And it's interesting because the cadence I use on Cape Cod is very different than the cadence I've used in other New England places. And, and 
it all depends on what the fish want on that given day. And sometimes you don't figure it out and other times you do. And when you do, you feel pretty good about like, Oh, I had to change it up and you know, yeah, I actually made that happen. Well, and you, I figured it I bet, out a little bit. You know, and a guy, I, I sorry, I, I bet a guy like fishing with a guy like you will be easy for a guy. You know, you'll be a great guy to be, have around and even be with, um, you know, I, I, that's how I always feel when I take somebody out who knows what they're doing with a boat or knows what they're doing with things. It's always nice having somebody out like that. Well, and you made a good point there, too, because it's like, I mean, you obviously <laughs> know how I fish. I'm not, right. I'm not like mm-hmm. you're going to put one fly on, you're going to sit here all day. No, mm-hmm. we're going to change and we're going to try different cadences, different depths, different actions until we figure out what the fish likes. Right. And that whole right. process satisfying. along the way. satisfying as a guide. Well, no, but I was saying it was like that whole process along the way. I'm tra- I'm teaching you that, so that should, in itself, bring questions out. So as yeah, I'm, as yeah, I'm teaching you things right. like okay, it's, it's where, where you, that's what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, what waters are you fishing at home? So I mean, these are going to separate. These are why we're fishing this flies this way with this mm-hmm. line because it does this. So these yeah. are things you can take back to your water, which I would think in turn should elicit questions out of it too. Right. Right, Jay. Jay, I want to say make it's a it's a high compliment you just paid me. I, I re, that makes me feel really good about someone saying that about me. Thanks for that. No, just um, yeah, just in general. I feel like when I got guided even out with uh on the uh, Madison with my guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy was just handing my dad and I the net. We were netting our own fish, taking our own fish off. Water was really fast. Wind was really hard. Conditions weren't perfect, but we were making the best out of the conditions of catching a million fish. But you had to do your own thing, and, and to have two guys where he had to pull off every fish and net the fish for the guy. Didn't have to drop and anchor. Didn't have to drop anchor. And you know what I mean? Right, it was just right. He was like, so he told me at the end of the at the end of the guy trip, he said, "If we would already be off the water if you guys sucked, or if you guys not sucked, if you guys weren't like gonna grind it out, you know what I mean? Like like right, two guys right. who wanted the fish, yeah." So that was, right. you know, like, like I noticed you're the same kind of guy as us. And it made it wonderful right. to have I you know. on a boat. It's I'm, true. We, I'm are, sure. we are very similar. Um, but it's true. Like, the other thing I always tell, like, I always try to bring the guides something. I, I bring lunch. Or I bring, like, there's a soda place in my next next town over from me, Hosmer Mountain, that makes these incredible sodas. And I love them. They're so delicious. And it's just like a little something to say, like, you know, hey, from me to you, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. A little extra. I, I can't afford to give you like a crazy tip. Like maybe some. Of my, that's the other thing. Like as a guide, I'm I'm not the economic demographic that the majority of the folks that are going to set foot in a guide's boat are. I'm not. I never will be. You know, I'm not a guy who can afford to spend crazy money on a guide. I'd rather spend that money on a new rod. And and I inventoried my rod the other day. It's <laughs> yeah, disgusting yeah, yeah, yeah. how many rods I have. It's yeah. sick. It's stupid. So to get a guide is, to me is a special thing. And I've been lucky. I think I've chosen wisely because the guides that I choose now to maintain relationships with are the type of people that I would literally sit around a campfire with. And I've, if I've gone out with you and, you know, we don't hit it off, like that hasn't really happened. But maybe it happened once or twice like with other people who I give a few bucks to or something, but it, they're just not folk that I, that necessarily have the same ideals or, 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 or feelings about life that I do, you know, different, different types of people. And that's okay. You know, cause those dudes, they're going to go with Joe rich guy and fucking, you know, float down a river with a bobber and, and catch a bunch of trout. That's sick. And that's great. And Joe rich guy is going to be thrilled. 
And you know what it's going to do? It's going to keep the industry that I care about supported. That's great. But I'm not that guy. So when I do get a guide, to me, it's really dope and really special. And it's like, all right, I'm going to try to learn something here. You've got to. And you have to go into it with an expectation. That's the other thing. I guarantee you I have a different expectation than the majority of the people who hire guides. I guarantee you I'm just happy to be there. I am. I'm seeing a piece of water. And one of the best pieces of angling advice I ever got was given to me by Scott Terrell, who fishes for Atlantics. Actually, he's at, I think he's at the Bonaventure right now. And he told me once, he's like, I don't care if I catch a salmon. Of course I want to. But if I'm at the water where they swim and it's a special thing and I, I put that fly over that water, that that's pretty, pretty cool thing. You know, it, it's good. And to catch is is truly really special all of our all of our great fish you know any fish is special but to catch a great fish and especially on a guided trip it would, it would be a really special thing it's a great memory and it cements people together a little bit you know if you've been i'm sure you've had this happen like you're in the place where where your friend like me and my buddy tanner and, and my brother on that trip this summer in a place where somebody has something great happen it's like there's an afterglow. The next day, me, Ryan, and Tanner just text messaging back and forth about how great the fish was. And if you catch a great one, like the 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 big bass I caught this summer, the next day, waking up, going through your normal existence, and, and having that memory. And for me, that the bass I caught had a mouth that was so huge that when I held it and and was working it back and forth. I didn't get like, you know, bass thumb. The bass was biting on like the base of my thumb, the meat in, in my hand, and it left these marks. And I looked at them <laughs> and I was like, you could just remember how, how incredible that fish was. And, and it was a really special thing to be in, in the presence of a great fish. It always is. You know, everybody's got that one that they want to tell about around the campfire. You know what I'm saying? And we're blessed folk like us. We have more than one. You know, that that's awesome. Yeah, man, absolutely. So you... Guides have a billion, you know, because I guarantee you, Derek's not guiding me when we're fishing, right? We're friends. But I guarantee you, when I catch a fish and he's with me, he's satisfied that I did something. And he, he played some some minor part in it to 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 make a memory like that for me because it's not commonplace and, and i'm not i don't i don't scoff at any fish and like i am thrilled to catch whatever i can and and i think that's a big part of it too is going into it with that type of like i go into it with goodwill where i'm just like sweet i'm sitting here on a beach right now and i'm gonna cast a popper in however long it takes for us to get off the phone probably until i have to go poop because <laughs> Like when you go on vacation, you know, sometimes your your poop gets different. It's like I'm very normal. <laughs> no, yeah, like, no, yeah, absolutely. I start to feel like I we had we had a uh, fish and chips at one of these little roadside joints. That's a, I love that about New England too. Like you you can't get bad seafood if you're at the ocean. There's it's always good. Pick wisely. You know, don't 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 get something complicated from the menu. Get something simple. Fish and chips and it's always good. And I am on a tour for the next five days. I will have chowder every day. <laughs> right? The, good the chowder. Red, the red or the white? I like the white. I'm I'm New England clam chowder. I I mean I love I love Rhode Island clam chowder, which is is a tomato or or maybe maybe a meat based soup. Um, but I love New England clam chowder. It's my favorite. It, it's really really good. Uh, I was just pulling the the quote from uh, Ace Ventura. Which one? Oh, New, that New was it. New England claim trout, the red or the white. Yeah. I always forget. Ventura is great. 
So yeah, that's been my summer in a nutshell. And it's been a really, really, I've been really lucky. And I, I've had, my family and I have had, had an incredibly joyful summer. It's been really fun and, and a lot of fishing involved. And I do look at, at a trip coming up to visit you guys as kind of an exclamation point and, and putting, a, putting a stamp on it. Not going to lie. Hey. I fish so much that I'm, I, I found myself recently wishing for two things. One, to wear pants. Because it's getting like it's chilly bite, out here. On bite the your tongue. Now. It's like you can feel fall coming. <laughs> mm. and that's that's a special thing too. Change seasons and then two, to stop fishing so much. Like it's terrible, but it's true. I, I look forward to like the peace and quiet of fall and and then winter where where life slows down a little tiny bit. Because like you guys, I have kids and it's tough to squeeze in all star baseball and and camp because our kids are camp kids and you know, socializing, being a, being a human being and seeing other people with, with the guy who fishes as fucking much as I have this summer. So I look forward to settling down on life a little bit and slowing down and letting my elbow heal too. I've got that tennis elbow thing going again, which is no fun. That sucks. Well, you better rest it up before you, you come hang that. out with it, Mark. It's brutal. It can yeah. be brutal. It oh, is. It's, yeah. You're going to, yeah. You got perfect timing because I'm on a bender right now where I've got to tie like, over 300 flies in a month oh god I, then, I can't imagine doing what you do like that's a labor dude, of love man that, that's, that's gonna end like it's, that's incredible to tie 300 flies I, I i can't imagine that mark and your flies are fucking perfect too mark's that's flies fun. run right every one of them oh man this year i'm gonna end up pushing i'm thinking it's gonna end up close to like 18 1900 just musky that's not that's minis deceivers no congratulations that, that's truly an accomplishment thanks buddy but yeah, that'll be finishing up like middle September, and then you're gonna be coming right yep. in after that. That's perfect, I'll be man. Ready we'll, we'll ready to fish. Ready. You know, we'll both hopefully. The elbow thing—it's really salt fishing that does it to me, I think, and and it probably has a lot. You're always in the wind, you know. Like the wind does not go away, and and you have to punch a clouser out there, you know. Like it, it, it it's challenging to 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 fish all day. Like anyone. Or, or fish heavy, you know, fish heavy lines or heavy heavy rods. It, 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 it's a it's a grind, man, and it ain't easy. I don't know how those musky motherfuckers do it all the time. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm very jealous because, as you know, musky is my favorite fish. And if I could fish them, there ain't nothing else I'd fish. But I don't know. You probably have to have perfect mechanics, which I don't. And you'd have to find ways. Like, everybody talks shit about water loading or whatever. I don't know get the job done get the fly where you need to and however however anybody chooses to fish i'm fine with it right you well, know yeah, i'm gonna teach you how to do some aerial casting when you're down yeah if you want to mm-hmm. if you want to spend one week at, or one night one evening i mean you should knock the bowfin off the old uh list too it's not a terrible fish to go out for and it's a good time especially top water it's been a lot oh, of fun I'm for gonna, me i'd love to do that and jay don't sleep on the fact that i would love to go up to the to the you guys camps i would love to spend a night up there <laughs> i mean if you want to do musky up there i mean that's all possibility too that that time of year maybe mm-hmm. like let's talk about at that camp. we don't want to do it uh, now uh, but like, uh, let's, you know, let's where, maybe where try to do, do a night up there. I, I i didn't spend a night there the, the only the time i was there was but, way back sheesh. in 2016 i Those, think the but, first beast the yeah. week yeah the one i fished in the yeah. beast of the eastern like, yeah oh yeah We've we've come a long way since there. I'm a you know reigning sure defending have. a reigning yeah, defending that, champion. This motherfucker Jay, right here, was, oh, goddamn right. Because Jasper was supposed to come fish. Yeah, Doctor J, and he didn't. So Jay filled in. I would that Jay. That was really a blessing. I'm really glad that you and I met. I, 
Me that's too. I would have loved me to meet too. Jasper. I've, I've only met Jasper in person one time. So Jasper Walsh is another guy I should be fishing with because he's in Maine. Yeah. Yeah, you, you should. guys should all come, you to make it happen for the following year from now. But yeah, it's it's a great time. We there's so many gonna people gonna be at camp this year. It's gonna be a wonderful time. There's gonna be like twelve of awesome. us up there just kicking it and cooking good food and just last year was fucking a ball. I bet it truly bet. was. You guys camp this year's awesome. Yeah, they had they, Mark's team. Got, Mark's I mean, team took second in big fish. I mean, Jesus, me you're, you're welcome. I lost too. Right around yeah. the block. Yeah. Really we'll convenient. Take but you guys have your own campground, basically. That's sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good time. It is. It's a lot of fun up there. That's basically the, you know, like my my big time to you know, hang out and have a bunch of people up and you know have a good time. So. Should be fun. I would love I can't to do wait. that. Maybe we could work it out. You know, that would be sweet. Uh, whatever we do when I come out there, I'm excited to do. I, I would do the same exact three things we did last time and be thrilled with that. But of course, Except you're you going to no bring water. food the first day. Are Who you? knows? Maybe <laughs> over the next month, you know, the the fucking rain gods come and, and we both get water. Yeah, we'll I, be I'm already looking at that. Like fall trout fishing, it's painfully low. And oh, yeah, and me, us too. I, I hate fishing in the fall when it's low. I love fishing in the fall when it's a rainy fall for trout, mm-hmm. but when it's low, they are they are as spooky and crazy as they can possibly be. They're very frustrating when it's low. You can see them and you can't catch them. When it's up, you can you know get them on a streamer or something, get a you know pre-spawn fired up brown trout that they'll eat anything. But... Absolutely, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, me I'm too. Not, I got no problem yes. with fishing eat anything. Nah, me no, too. That's uh, great. Uh, I'm yeah. the rod. I would like fine. to get some rain in the next few weeks. That'd be really good to mm-hmm. run into the September. So looking at the forecast now, yeah, junk again. We're not like a bunch. Mid 80s yeah. all See, next yeah. week and no rain. Yeah, yeah. what do we you guys do? do the same thing I'm doing. Like look at the 10 day and just be like one. Because it's not mm. like we've gotten those storms you've gotten where yeah. it's like you get heavy rain, but it's Ten gone. Minutes, like yeah. we need a two-day soaker where it's like it's been cool you know, though. Well, it was cool. It was starting last to pick week. back up again. Yeah. yeah, last week was nice. It's fifty-five, seventy-five here, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we still we got time. It'll hopefully come. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. You know, two days. That's all we need. And then you know what? That reminds me of a time when me and River went out with Steve. Steve, that was the rainiest summer of of all time in New England. We had insane rain two summers ago. And I talked to Steve about it. We had to cancel one time because he's like, it's just too high. But he was like, and this is where a good guy is, is important. Steve is a great guy. And Steve was like, it's too high. But listen, when it comes down, those fish are going to eat. He knew it. You know, he was he was that locked in with his water that he knew how to make those fish eat and, and where they were going to eat. And and it was true. Like, as soon as that water came down, those fish got aggressive. And as soon as our water comes up, both of us, our fish are going to get aggressive because it's going to be like, ah, here we go. Finally, I can get out of this, you know, three foot bathtub deep hole that I've been owning and go roam around, and find shit and, and, and feed and eat and stuff. And hopefully I get back out for some mousing. Although it's hard. You got to pick, you know. What are you going to do? Go try to catch stripers and the fall run is about to be gone. Or <laughs> go get back on mice. But I, the mice is same as you, like really low water. So that works better when it's at least, you know, semi-full. So on and so forth. <clears throat> but yeah, it's been great to talk to you guys. My voice is getting a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is, Chad. 
I know, I know. I got to go. I got to go sneak out onto the lifeboat lifeboat area. Of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I pick up what you're throwing down, man. That's a good one. We like it. Nice. Fun times. I love talking to you guys. I'll see y'all soon. Thanks see you, for buddy. Hey, have a good night. Great. Catch you later, man. Bye, guys. All right, later, Chad. Yeah. Hey, guys. Let's just do plugs right now. Sound good? Yep. Tonight's show is brought to you by Predator Flagger. Check them out at PredatorFlagger.com. Hey, Rex Hooks. Find me at RexHooks.com. SimsFishing. SimsFishing.com. Tonight's show has been recorded live from the Urban Flag Company studios. Check Mark out at UrbanFlagCompany.com. Down to Earth Wealth Management. Go check Michael out. And from the reigning, defending, champion, Queen City Guiding team, QueenCityGuiding.com. How's PJ's back going to feel this year? <laughs> Good as ever. I've been talking to him. Oh, yeah. Took his girlfriend on a nice walk up a pretty stream this weekend. 